everybody and hello humans welcome to the not a robot dc comics review show where we review new dc comic releases each and every week my name's josh and with me as always is anthony what up everybody how you guys doing this week and our new co-host reed hello hello we are everywhere you listen to podcasts, so link up to your favorite podcast platform at campsite.bio forward slash not a robot you can also get us at patreon.com forward slash not a robot podcast for early access to our weekly podcast and also get some additional content. We are on Twitter. I am at not a robot show and Anthony is at Walt Gator 93. Give us a follow and we'll give you a follow on back. You can send us in some show mail too, because we really like to talk to you guys, not just over Twitter and, uh, we can respond to it right on the show. Just let us know that that's what you want us to do. Not a robot podcast at gmail.com. Now, this is the part of the show where we go over our Twitter polls and our show mail, but we don't have any show mail this week. So um, before we get to the Twitter poll, let's go ahead and start off the Not a Robot Army roll call. We have a new Patreon uh, patron this week on our Patreon account, and that is awesome. Present for the Not a Robot Army roll call are Weird Science Jim and his new bunkmate Shondor Zerme. Thank you guys so very much. We love to know that you appreciate us, and every cent goes towards making the show better. As Woo-hoo. a member of as a member of the Patreon, you get early access to the podcast that we release each and every week, like I mentioned before, and access to additional content that we create just for the Patreon. So what are you waiting for? Sign up and show us you just might be a human after all and join the Not A Robot Army. All right, so let's take a look at that Twitter poll. What do you got for us this week, Anthony? Now, this is one thing I've been really thinking about the past four, five years or so. Should DC finally make Lunatics Unleashed part of the DC Universe? Now, for you, those people who don't know about Lunatics Unleashed, it was a show on Kids WB. I want to say mid-2000s. And basically, it featured the Looney Tunes gang, but in the future, they had special powers. Each of them were a little bit unique, whether it was speed, strength, a fireball, the smarts. Um, like, while E. Coyote, he was always the smart one. He goes, like, do all of the gadgets. I put, should that finally be part of the DC Universe, whether it was in, like, a... um. Another Earth or the future, whatever. So we have three choices are hell no, yes, and screw animals. First of all, <laughs> who the hell? Somebody did vote for screw animals. I don't know who you are, but man, that's that, that's mean. Anyway, don't you know what I'm saying? Who you are? Because I <laughs> wish you wouldn't, because I might be mad too. 
Uh, it wasn't yeah. me that drew you. Okay, I feel good. It wasn't me. <laughs> that, was a, nope. that was a trick. That was a trick. You put it on there as a trick. You put it on there as a trick. I baited and people. I, saw that. I was like, who the hell for a screen? I was. No, it's, <laughs> nope, it's cartoon, not over here, cartoon man. Cartoon animals. It's different. It's a whole different thing. Cartoon. All <laughs> yeah, right. We we constantly Hopefully. are taking in far too many animals all the time. <laughs> like I almost have to scrape hair off the walls. It's it's not that bad. I'm just kidding. But like we do we do animal rescue. We do a lot of dog rescues oh, nice. and cat rescues. Nothing else. Nothing too crazy. But we've had almost. I th- I want to say the most we've had is fourteen. At one time. Yeah. Oh. Damn. Ooh. Nah, I bought that. That's nothing, dude. There's people out there that go way above and beyond with that kind of stuff. Um, my wife, before we were married in Gatlinburg, Tennessee, it's a very popular uh, mountain tourist area, and uh, it caught on fire, and all the wildlife, you know, that was drastically affected. So she actually took off, um, took off work, and went up there for I want to say three days, and was was up there trying to help the the wildlife and it's it's absolutely crazy when you see a bunch of people coming together trying to help bears dude <laughs> you know i mean normally normally you're like i think i'm going to go the other way here <laughs> like no, not i'm good yeah. no, no not not animal haters over here for sure um me i said yes but i said yes in a way that I, I would like to see because DC and let's say the, the, the big two, but mostly DC kind of ignores their younger crowd. Mm-hmm. Uh, other than the cartoons, they, they have all kinds of toys for the younger crowd, but they don't have any reading material for the younger crowd. And I think that something along those lines would be excellent subject matter, mm-hmm. not just your regular Superman and Batman kind of stuff, but I mean, bringing in characters like this that bring in, other you know bringing new 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 ideas new characters spicing it up for the kids i think that that would be awesome man i know i know i know my kids would read it if i know my kids would read it because they like reading and they watch the hell out of that cartoon (laughs) if you went to the looney tune universe would you then like effectively become a tune it's like when to go into the dark universe and you get all like meddled out would you would you would you tune up as soon as you hit the lunatics universe? That's an interesting question. If according to Who Framed Roger Rabbit, the answer is no. But there's other movies out there that have shown otherwise. Okay. I see. Okay, like yeah. Space Jams, when Michael Jordan went into their universe, his arm stretched. Yep, that's true. Oh, oh interesting precedent. It, very very true. I mean, if this. If this did take place on their own Earth, and as soon as you got transformed to that Earth, you became a tune yourself, I'll be down for just a fun, wacky kids comic. All of the goofiness that that could bring up. As long as, like, again, as long as it has good art and good story, I'm down for that. Also, as long as if they come to the regular universe, they don't turn into like beefy versions of themselves. Because I don't want to. I don't want to see a beefy Taz pass. Well, pass. Have you guys read those crossovers between Hammer Bear and um the um uh, the DC universe? Because um, Mark Russell did a Lex Luthor and Porky Pig one. He did two stories. One of them was like you saw Porky Pig as his wacky um. Looney Tunes self, and then the next one you saw Porky Pig as if it was a, like making him a little more realistic. 
And that was just scary as can be. I was like, what is this hideous creature? Dude, that, that's... The uncanny, the uncanny Vela you'd have to get through to get oh, through a realistic oh, yeah. porky pig. That that just scares the hell out of me because I'm telling you something. That's us, and I swear to God, dude, uh, when I was a kid, I used to have these recurring nightmares of this tall man wearing one of those old-fashioned business suits and he and he had a bowler hat on except he had the face of a giant pig and i'm seeing porky pig <laughs> like don that's, that's that, that was probably that's, ex- <laughs> that's extremely spooky that's it a, is very that, spooky i'm talking how, I was how like, old was this I'm, it was like, pig man dreams like seven and eight i mean they lasted forever and i have still have no idea where they came from well, hey, anybody out there, if you've had a spooky dream involving a tall, bowler-hatted pig man, yeah, hit holler. us up, let us know. <laughs> or Maybe don't. This, I don't know. Is this like a real-life Slenderman? <laughs> <laughs> actually, yeah. Actually, don't. Don't don't curse us with that tall pig man knowledge. <laughs> Not cool. Hey, what was the result of the Looney Tunes poll over there? So the results were, for the longest time, Hell No was winning. I was like, Yo, this messed up, people. Why don't you want this? But thankfully, <laughs> it was 43% hell no, 50% yes, and 7%. So it was probably just one person. So if you one person, screw you. They said screw animals. I was like, man, how dare you insult animals? All right. Well, you heard it here first and the loudest, DC. We are going to need a Looney Tunes, a uh, Lunatics Unleashed comic series. Oh, yeah, whether it's a one-shot or a mini maxi, something, because that could be a lot of fun, like something what could draw in the crowds. Absolutely could. Absolutely could. Uh, Speaking of drawing in the crowds, (laughs) the whole reason people are tuning in to listen to us is to hear some comic reviews, so why don't we head over and do that? This week, we are going to be taking a look at Deceased Dead Planet number 5, Hellblazer Rise and Fall number two, Batman number 102, Justice League 56, Sweet Tooth the Return, Young Justice number 20, and Tales from the Dark Multiverse, Batman Hush Spooky Edition. We are going to start it right off in the order that I just said those, so our very first one will be brought to you by Anthony, and that is Deceased Dead Planet number five. Priced at $3.99, written by Tom Taylor, with art by Trevor Harzine, Gigi Baldazzini, and Rain Barreto, with letters by Seda Tamafante, and the cover done by David Finnich and Tomo Moroi. Anthony, take it away. All right, now, this is true. Now, as you may forget, features heavily on John Constantine, and he's always up to something no good, without a doubt. And that's I where mean, this issue starts off. That's who he is, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> always has a backup plan that nobody knows like Batman this issue we see Dr. Fate and John Constantine right by the Tower of Fate now I always assumed that Dr. Fate could always enter the Tower of Fate with no um, problem but this issue we saw off like he's he does have an issue he like he cannot go in it for some strange reason but John knows why and so John enters in, and we see Entragon. Of course, he doesn't look too happy as he's also in a... Hey, can I can I interject here real quick? Yeah. Um, yeah. 
can I can let me ask you this because I you aren't the only person that I heard bring that up that Dr. Fate couldn't get into the Tower of Fate. You're not the only person that I saw mention that on social media or even say it. Um, where in the comic book, what what makes you think that he's not inside the tower right now? I mean, what we do see is that they're standing outside a couple of double doors. And it looks all, you know, there's torches, but it's the Tower of Fate. That doesn't necessarily mean oh, no. yeah. it's outside. You know what I'm saying? Because the tower is floating and John's standing on ground. So I'm thinking that they're inside and literally everybody has missed that. <laughs> but does he have like full control of it? So he's trying to get into this one room. Does he have no. like, full control? Of no, this? just like he doesn't oh, he have does? full control of Naboo. I mean, you know, even Kent didn't have full control of Naboo. Um, and the Tower of Fate plays by its own rules. It exists as a separate entity from the helmet, even. So the um, Dr. Fate has permission to come in. Dr. Fate is the guardian of it, but Dr. Fate does not have an all-access master pass skeleton key. <laughs> so uh -huh. if, the, if, if the Tower says that he doesn't need to go behind that door, then he doesn't get to. Especially See, that's that why I was on the case. He can find the cracks in pretty much any system. Mm-hmm. And he should sure did. Because as he enters a room, we see Entragon in a demon's trap, basically. And what we do see behind him is actually Swamp Thing, because he's trying to get information from Entragon. Basically, now, Trigon is soon to come over and take over the world, because he doesn't really like how things are playing with the anti-life and the living. So we do see, also see as they're exiting, we see John grabbing a quill. And if you may not know what it looks like, it basically is Ragman's um, quill, which does come and play later on in the issue. Who so what I, we do- I happen to love, and I think he is a severely underused and underplayed, underappreciated character. Ragman is cool oh, as yeah. hell. Mm -hmm. His story is awesome. His powers are awesome. I just wish- I wish uh, somebody would grab a hold of him and do something with him. But anyway, sorry for interrupting you, man. Hey, <laughs> uh, you know, what you said, that's just the truth. He's just so underrated. That I was hoping, he was in the Arrow TV show for like half of a season, so ho I was hoping that DC would do something with him besides his um, six-issue miniseries. Yeah, when um, when he was on Arrow, I, w I actually lit up. I was happy that that happened. Mm -hmm. Um I just can't watch any of those anymore, though. Unfortunately, I just can't do it. I mean, there's not many left, right? It's just the Flash and Black Lightning. Um, no. There's Black Lightning gone too. No. Oh, uh, yeah, Flash, Black Lightning, DC Legends of Tomorrow. Um, oh, I thought that got on its last season. No, it will uh, after this next season. You said Spirit. At next season is the last season. Oh, okay. That and also Superman. Well, Superman. Oh, yeah, always. that one's coming out. Yep. That's right. Well, darn it. Keeps <laughs> <laughs> on expanding. Oh, and also Stargirl. I, I would just, I guess I would much rather see shows produced on HBO Max. Um, I would have oh, said yeah. the DC Universe, but I mean, that's defunct now. That's I, not good. I would rather see them on HBO Max so they can go the extra mile and do what they need to do to tell really good stories rather than making sure that everything is CW appropriate. You know, uh, to, for me, that ruins a lot of the stories. And then, and then the stories get twisted so much by 
the other stuff that's in the shows. You can't let it dominate the 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 show. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like uh, I feel like well, the Flash is a victim of that, and Supergirl definitely fell victim to that. It seems to be an issue when you need to, you know, get a full season because, you know, you have your overarch, like you have the, the general storyline for the the for, for the season. Then you have your little monsters of the week and things like that. But all those interpersonal kind of things just like seem to like come out when you have to do 24 episodes at, you know, 45 minutes a piece or whatever. Yeah, like, you don't. That, that stuff all starts to creep in because what else are they going to do? They, it, it, it's actors in a room. They can't be blowing stuff up with laser beams all the time. Right. You know, and I mean, unfortunately, that's you're right with it. With an episode count of twenty plus, then yeah. you're gonna you're gonna have to have a whole lot of filler. When um, you know, we have episodes like season. I don't know how you guys feel about the series Titans, but I mean, I love that stuff. I just I feel like there should be thirteen or fourteen episodes in this in a season rather than ten, because it almost feels like there's not enough time to tell enough story. That's the issue. Like, they have good seasons, but the the season finale is what is its weakest part. I tell it you, doesn't what really, it doesn't really do better. I'll tell you what is not its weakest part. The fact that they're breaking out Red Hood already. I'm loving that stuff, man. That looks awesome. Next season, we're going to get Red Hood. I'm so happy. That's probably going to piss a lot of people off to hear me say that, but I don't care. It's Titans universe. Everything has been misconstrued and twisted. I mean, obviously, this is some alternate Earth because when in the hell has Dick Grayson ever had an affair with Dove? That didn't happen in the comics. He's had, he's had, he's had a, he had a relationship with Donna Troy. He had a relationship with Starfire, but he didn't have a relationship with Dove. Not that I'm aware of. No, which it's always good whenever they do little twists and changes to like always like, so don't, you don't know what's going to happen next. A little bit of like adaption. That's all it is. Uh, there's there's absolutely no reason to have to go through a whole somebody is going to die and then years later come resurrected. They can mm-hmm. uh, when 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 he left. Um, did you guys see the last season? Yeah. yeah. All right. When he left away from that airport, um, just giving everybody the stink eye pulling off on that motorcycle. I, I looked at Holly, who generally speaking, cannot stand superhero shows. Um. <laughs> but uh i looked at her and, and she's just she's just engrossed in it and um i said watch i said next season he's gonna come back and he'll be the red to the the red hood not because he died but because like emotionally he died you know what i'm saying like he broke inside and that's gonna cause this red mm-hmm. hood persona to come out and i i think they could do a lot more with that um and make it you know, reasonable and logical and, and like real worldish. They don't have to kill Jason Todd to have him come back. No. Yeah. See you smiling over there. Reed, what do you think about that? Oh, you can put me on the spot. (laughs) You you don't watch Titans. (laughs) (laughs) No, I missed that. That's why he's smiling. He goes like, yeah. No, if if you've ever been a fan of the teen Titans or the Titans with Dick Grayson in charge and like the general, the general uh, mm-hmm. cast of Titans, Beast Boy, Raven, Starfire. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's I think it's done awesome. It's it's really cool. Um, and it it doesn't I don't know. It feels more like of a like a gritty drama than it does a superhero yep. show. So that's yeah, that that's that's what works for me. Anyway, I, think- I have rambled. Go ahead. 
No, oh no, I, I was gonna take us on another tangent, but yeah, let's get back to the book. <laughs> yeah, we should get back to the book. All right, go ahead, and we'll talk about that one later. In a yeah. Now we see Swamp Thing and John Steen go up to Batman, who we all know is Damian Wayne, saying about how he's on a mission. So he figures out something that he should bring onto his mission is Batman, because you know what? What better way to have someone on your mission than Batman? Because he's always prepared. He's always kick ass when you least expect it. So we see that. We also see Batman is meeting Jason Todd and Ravenger. Hey, now, I'm gonna I'm gonna interrupt you again, real quick. And yeah. I'm so sorry, but when John walked up here, uh, I thought that was cool when he said, "Are you as good as your old man? Not yet, oh. but you're close." And he doesn't answer, just like Batman would. Yeah, <laughs> I thought that was wicked, man. Now, when Batman's like meets Ravenger and um, Jason Todd, and they give him a hug, saying how happy that he's that they're married. To me, it just felt a little bit. We- it just felt like a little bit out of character, just a little bit. I get it, yes. Now Batman is older. Push your sword to see the Damien that we're used to. And then, oh, just give me the big hug, guys. Come on, let's just hug it in. It just, I, I don't know. I feel like older Damien is just a completely stranger from what we're used to. Like a complete well, yeah, 180. Consider that, consider what Damien would, I mean, just just look, like, try to look at it. Like it, it, a kid, he was, what, 13 when all of this went down? And yeah. then over the past few years, he had to become batman you know what i mean i mean that's a lot of pressure i don't see it so much as him growing up because he still acts like damien at times you know he he still has that snotty part to him but he's definitely become a whole lot emotionally more emotionally mature and i i I dare say even even more so than bruce because i mean this guy seems like he's damien actually seems sane you can't really say that about Bruce Wayne. Well, and at the same time, like, you know, Damien kind of didn't have to grow up alone like Bruce did. You know, there's, you know, the, the Bat family was always people. kind of yeah. like around and there. Even if he wasn't actively engaging, that that net was kind of there, whereas all Bruce had was Alfred, you know. And, yep. And a plan. Yeah. You're yeah. right. So, that, I mean, that does make a big hell of a big difference. Yeah. I'm hoping that in the other DCs, the Hope Awards end book, that we do see that transition of what we're used to to this Batman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That takes place between the first book and this book right now. So we see as um, John is recruiting both Batman, Ravenger, and Jason Todd to join him on his mission. As also Swamp Thing teleports them to Nana Barbet. Which uh, I'm not fully familiar with Swamp Thing, but can he even change his colors like that? Because we do change him from green to reddish. He can He he constitutes himself out of whatever or like plant matter is in the area. Okay, gotcha. So, yeah, because uh, there was actually one time where he um he constituted himself as the dried tobacco in Constantine's carton of cigarettes. So he can <laughs> do was, pretty much anything. Yeah, that, that that I remember that, and that was cool as hell. <laughs> See, that's what I thought. I just wasn't one percent sure, so I was like, "Okay, I'll well, make sure I know this stuff." So as we see them all, so as we see 
Jason Todd, Batman, Ravenger, John Cassidy, and Becca, who we all know as Cassandra Kane and Swamp Thing, all Nana Puppet. And we see a huge horde of the zombies coming right at them. We do get this killer page of just a, of just a nice little battle scene. That, man, I wish that would be just a nice little poster because it really is glorious. Yeah, it's it's a really cool piece of art. I wish that they would have taken some cues from last week's Justice League Dark as far as illustrating magic goes, but um, yeah, it, I like this. Yeah, this I, I did notice that today when you guys had talked about it, it just looks like someone with circles around their fingers. And I, I, I well, that first scene I saw with he when he had those little circles, like, oh yeah, this this is yeah. that stuff that they did better last time, way better. <laughs> That's okay. The punches are cool. I I really dig uh, Batgirl's uh, cowl. That that just that yes. looks like an oh, yeah. yeah, it's her normal cowl. She just looks really angry in it, and I think they look cool. <laughs> now, as they enter the non-apartment, we see Dead Man. He just has a nice welcome party for the gang. Now, as they all get to know each other, we see John Cassie is talking to. See, this lady, I have no clue who she is. I know that she is a key factor in an apartment just because how she's talking and how she looks. She's some her, sort of blue chick. She's not an yeah, Asta, though. Her name is <laughs> her name is Ramakushna, and she is a god. Okay. Well, sucks for her, because what we do see from drop casting, as we do know, that never ever judge, never trust two people in your life. Batman and John Constantine, because they both will have a plan to screw you over, maybe. <laughs> and that's what John Constantine does. Stabs her right through the chest with the Sword of Destiny. Now, I'm not fully familiar with that. I don't know that from um, a Batman Brave and the Bold book issue, and also from DC Legends of Tomorrow Season 2. So I do know that that stab is some badass Mama Jumbo. Yeah, it's capable of killing any supernatural being. So that's game changer for the whole book as a whole. Which hey, you know what? I'm I'm down with that. At least a game changer because for a while this book felt like a Walking Dead type, where like it's the same thing over and over. So I'm glad that they're adding something new in. Now with the Avatar Lady Dead, who apparently is a god named Rama Kisha. I think I just pushed her name. No, Ramakrishna, Rama. that's right. Okay. And that man goes to her rescue, and as you said before, John Constantine, he grabbed Ragdoll's, Rag, Ragman's cloth, and that just sucked that man in. And oh man, when I saw that, I was like, oh man, this is a next level stuff for what he is preparing. He's taking away from two big two major players that man he's so underrated he can do a lot of damage he, he's, he's an interesting character he's funny mm-hmm. he's always great he's always great in a book which i will admit i am a little bit sad that we just saw him for his brief moment right maybe we'll see him again hi how you doing please get in my quilt right <laughs> exactly now, as a team of shocks, they're like, what did you just do? We see that John Constantine teleports them all to the Rock of Eternity, who 
at first we I just we do see these giant statues, but apparently they are moved. They oh wait, never mind. I I I thought I saw them move, moving on the next um page. Never mind. So hell, they look like the, they might. <laughs> yeah, first thing I thought they were. I thought they were like the what um welcoming part. Is wait is that the seven deadly sins actually? I believe so. They're yeah. in the, they're in like the the that's where they live. That's where they're trapped, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's in the Yep. Okay. So you know I'm liking this section more as I go on with it. So with them being in the vacuum tunnel, for you all who don't know, that's where also the origin, the main thing of where Shazam got his powers from. Now from the wizard Shazam. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Now, we don't get um, Barry in this issue. However, we do get someone, the third best player on the team, which is Captain, which is just Captain Marvel Jr. As he just crushes Jason Todd. And man, that's a devastating blow. Because for all we know, this could be the last issue we see of Jason Todd. Oh, no, he's he's gone. (laughs) He's in that part. Ravager tried to warn him. Um, but it, and it tells us that uh, Rose was helpless to stop Captain Marvel Jr. as he broke Jason Todd in half. Being precognitive just meant that she had to watch her husband die twice. And you can see, like, he broke him in half. Uh, you can see his back ribs sticking out on the side there, on both sides. I mean, he, he's, 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 yeah, Jason's gone, man. And he's he's been predominantly a badass up until this point in this book which so that's a devastating blow for the team but it's a comic and hey anyone can get back anytime this book is heavily dealing with magic as well they they took his body oh that's true he Mm. he might hey he might i don't know how i don't know exactly how these these zombie friends work but like i mean maybe he'd be like half undead or something Oh, never bring back if, a dead person. That's for sure, though. Uh, you know, if Constantine's around, he might he might be part of the plan that somebody died or something like that. Who knows? Sweet you know what? I would not be shocked. Yeah, anything's at all. possible. You just can't trust that man. Well, and now in order to defeat someone with the powers of, you know, defeat Captain Marvel, they need someone who can go toe to toe with them. Unfortunately, none of them are actually able to. But we do think of Plan B, which is just. An amazing thing because this, the whole run from deceased from the all the other sequels, we do see some changes in some of the characters to improve them or to combine per se, like how we have um, Drain Canary now. Right. There's been now evolution also- with everybody, progress mm-hmm. with everybody, and all of the kids have grown up into adults, their very own individual people. I mean, some of them completely different, like you mentioned, Damien is. I mean, this issue as well as we do see Cassandra Kane grab the nice little staff and say the magic word Shazam. And we do get this, like, amazing, we get her costume with the cape, with the lightning bolt on herself. And I really hope that this is not just a one-time thing that we do see this more often because, man, you just elevated her much, much higher. Yeah, I she mean, was she's, a badass she's, core. Now yeah, she's the most most lethal person on the planet. 
the most lethal person on the planet and the way that they drew her man i'm i'm right there with you that is awesome the the glowing blue white uh lightning bolt on the bat you know over the bat chest and then the i just throwing in the lit up bat buckle with it i thought that looked real cool it's pretty dope yo i really want just to get either at least at least a couple of pages of mary marvel trying to train cassandra kane because that would oh, be yeah. great just seeing them team up or just like pawn up that could do a lot of good well i if i'm not mistaken didn't we see oh, there's three deceased books out so it's like hard to keep track <laughs> of them but uh mary marvel mentioning that she had been training with cassandra kane that was uh, yeah back at um that it was three issue one um the killables. Yeah. So so um, hopefully we see that again. So once they do get back to their home, Batman gives a nice little punch right to John because that was just his yeah. plan. He his plan got somebody that he cared about killed. And so next page, we do also see the spectrum showing up saying, I know what you do. I know what you're up to. It's no good. John just says, why don't you stop me? Because you know that I'm here for vengeance. Then he basically just goes away. And next, things get worse. And man, this issue, we, from things, get, things got bad in this issue. I don't know how they can get any worse. We're just killing off a guy, killing off dead man, Jason. I mean, yeah, so, okay, they pissed off a goddess. Um, Jason's dead. We've got a lot of, the things, things have gone bad. Let me, as far as, as far as this book goes for me, man, um, the art was not there. There was a couple pages that I thought were really cool, but it just was not up to what I'm used to seeing in this title, you know? And when you've got that always coming to you, you 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 just come to expect it. And so th- that was let down. But for me, the story itself was kind of one hell of a ride. I enjoyed it. Um, man, I I give this one a nine. Cause no, excuse me, Ooh. I'm sorry. I give this one an eight point five because it, it. I just I enjoyed the story that much. I, I got to see Swamp Thing being the best Swamp Thing that he can be. I got to see John Constantine living it up. I got to see Cassandra Kane being a badass with Shazam powers. And 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 I got to see, you know, grown up Damien, you know, being make it it was it's it's done so well. The story makes up for the the lack of the art. Not saying the art is terrible. The art, the art is good. It's just not. It's just not. Oh, how do I want to say? It's just not as good as as. as it's not the style that I'm used to seeing in there. Is what I mean. And I guess I just prefer the other. But yeah, especially with like John Constantine's face, Swamp Thing yeah. when uh, uh, Swamp Thing when he's red though looks sweet. I do love yeah. that. Um, yeah, I, I, but so I that's where light. I'm at. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like these, the story is very good. In my opinion, the dialogue's good. Like you said, like the art is definitely something like it's okay. It's not as good as it's not something that we want to see constantly in the books. 
Um, but um, the hopefully it it does get a little bit better. You do get the whole gritty feeling of like the dark world type, but it just some of the panels as well needs to focus a little bit more on the details or just the sh- shading because it looks a little bit sloppy. Yeah, I think the medium is there. It looks to me like there's a lot of watercolor in there, and you just can't get detail with watercolor. And I don't know. I guess for me, unless unless there's a lot, unless in your book there's going to be a lot of scenery and a lot of backgrounds to play with, then watercolors really shouldn't be the format you use. But I mean, that's just my opinion. You know, lots of people love that stuff, and uh, I certain certainly can't draw the. So, <laughs> to each their own, I suppose. You know, well, overall, I I I really enjoyed it. Um, I, like I said, the the line work, I I think there there are some moments of like details and things like that. But I, I like the, the color and the light is really what popped for me. Um, the story was great. I, um, Constantine Hatch and plots, I'm always into. Yep. Um, yeah, Swamp Thing is pretty dope, and. Um. Yeah. I, um. I'm excited to see where this is going. Um. Uh, the dominoes have kind of started to fall, and I, I'm looking forward to see uh, where they're headed. Um. But yeah. So for I think for me this is the, uh, definitely like an eight and a half out of out of ten for me. Ooh. I'm with I you on the colors. Lowest. I yeah. <laughs> yeah me, I think I'm I did eight five two. Right? I uh. I, I I did enjoy the colors in the art. It's just real flat, and this the watercolors, but um. Yeah, anyway. I, you know, I'm biased because this it's got a bunch of my favorite boys in there. We got Swamp Thing, Constantine, Doctor Fate, Etrigan is like my like favorite Etrigan demon. Is my boy. <laughs> oh yeah. heck yeah! I I'm with you. Bat Family and the Dark Side, they're they're my favorite characters, so I probably am leaning that way. Biased, but I mean, I'm not changing my number. <laughs> Anthony, <laughs> what did you say you gave this one? Seven out of ten. It was good. It wasn't bad, but it was just like in between. Yeah, yeah, I'm with. Well, uh, well, I mean, I enjoyed the story. I guess a little bit better than yeah. you, but overall, yeah, I get what you're where you're coming from. And um, and um, speaking of his boy, we are now going to move over to Reed covering John. In another book, Hellblazer Rise and Fall, number two, priced at $6.99, rent by Tom Taylor, with art by Derek Robertson and Diego Rodriguez, letters by Darren Bennett, and the cover was done by Robertson and Rodriguez as well. Take it away, Reed. All right, so Hellblazer Rise and Fall, part two. Uh, we, we continue the tale of a series of gruesome angel murders affecting the rich and powerful. Uh, now, this latest entry is... Uh, in the DC Black Label series, it further delves into the mystery surrounding Constantine and his childhood friend. One uh, is now a police detective. The other is apparently uh, the possessed corpse of an 11-year-old boy that is seeking revenge on Constantine because some it's obviously all his fault. Um, like any good Constantine case, this one has uh, got lies, deception, betrayal, booze, and all kind of spooky dark magic. Um, so in the very end of the previous issue uh, John returned home to find a a familiar face in his kitchen eating his leftovers Um, Lucifer (laughs) was chomping his curry which was uh, pretty fun to see and we pick off 
um, with Constantine, who has a habit of getting himself into trouble. Uh, and this time, he got himself in quite a pickle. As uh, we open the book, and I don't know, well, we'll just get into it. Uh, he's in bed with the devil in a very <laughs> literal and mm-hmm. physical and metaphorical sense. Which, um, <laughs> yes, is so, is so, like, just very funny. Um, His so, eyes get as big as dinner plates, and it is drawn that way. You can see, oh, shit in those eyes that mm-hmm. i'm not i don't mean to make any assumptions at all Derek robertson but i feel like eyes like those could not be drawn by anyone other than someone who has woke up in exactly that way <laughs> this, is drawn, this is drawn from experience and yep, totally. exactly <laughs> and normally it's just a metaphorical demon not not the the first of the fall <laughs> right um, yeah just 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 a just a total mental oh yes 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 but the father of lies is just doing a goof um and uh, we get a little backstory into the main villain of this particular issue now hold on i have to i have to look at it to say it because it's kind of a stupid name but it, it's yeah so well, despondio there it is the despondio yeah it's that's despondio. a really yeah that's an odd Lord name. of Despair. He eats oh. despair, and so his name is Despondio. So, just um, to clear that not... up, though, when he said l- that Lucifer was just having a little bit of fun, um, John didn't actually sleep with him. Lucifer just made him think that he had. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he, he may have slept with demons before, but not this particular not, one. Not at this particular time, anyway. <laughs> yes, not this time. No. I did. I did like that. Um, th- I mean, there was a little line that I, that I wanted to point out where um, uh, Lucifer gives him uh, crap for having too spicy curry. He says e- eating it shouldn't be a competition or something along those lines. And I just he said you should eat for pleasure, not for a competition. And I just thought that was like so typically like yeah. su- such a thing the devil would be like concerned about to say. Right, yeah, you yeah. should enjoy it. Don't suffer for your food. <laughs> I love it. Um, so we get a little backstory on Despondio. Um, he's a despair demon who kind <laughs> of uh slunk around, and got a long, bunch of power, and came at the throne at Lucifer, and was immediately dunked on. Um, he challenged the King of Hell and was t- summarily, summarily defeated, oh, um, man. and locked up. Mm-hmm. Um, and that yeah, is he until- got his. Kick, throat slashed, yeah. guts ribbed out, <laughs> fed back to him. He oh, said he made him yeah. choke on his own intestines. That's pretty up, man. That's messed up. <laughs> he has <asked> him up. <laughs> yeah. it, it's a pretty. I I kind of I like. I I like and dislike the art in this panel because they do kind of like a um like a full spread and it just shows like his 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 time there. And I love the the way the panel looks and how um how it's designed, um. But it, it just it seems it seems a little bit flat um to me. But that's I don't want to get into that too much at the moment. Um, it but, does. Yeah. And can I can I just say like I don't know why, but I mean, doesn't Despondio his overall just general design look a little goofy? Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess, so. I think maybe they were trying to like incorporate the look of the kid that he would later possess in like the demon or something. But yeah, it just kind of oh, looks yeah, like I could see that. Okay, that's badass. It, it, it looks no. I I kind of like mentioned uh, I mentioned this in my review on the the website. This looks like a storyboard for a CW show and not like a comic book. Yeah, it seems the... like they were drawing mm-hmm. to the limitations of like costuming, where they just kind of dissolve. Everybody's just like a humanoid that has horns on them. Like y- you can get crazy. It's it's right. a drawing. Get nuts. Um, but the the I um so anyhow sorry the digression there. Uh, no. it, it was a neat thread. I like the design, but the like it's just kind of a little bit. So anyhow, Despondio, he's he 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 eat his own guts. He got real small. Like the parasite demon from last week, if you if you feed him his guts, he get real small. He get tiny. Um, and he was he was dying basically in a cage until Constantine accidentally summoned him. Um, and then, during the I don't know storm if the accident that, that was caused. Yeah. So and it got his 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 buddy killed, and then I guess the demon took over his body, um, which we learned. Um, in the previous issue, kind of when he killed Gary, that there there was really something uh, uh, spooky going on there. Poor so um, the next, so after their um, their night in, Constantine and Lucifer um, uh, d- decide to team up. It's in their mutual best interest to take on this demon and uh, get this sorted out. Um, so they're going to work together, much to the chagrin of uh, Detective Bukhari. Um, who can't quite exactly see that he's the devil, um, but I, I believe her cop sense makes her uh, immediately distrustful, especially of a friend of John's. Yeah, I think that might play the biggest part in there. <laughs> Not knocking her detective skills, but just the fact that it's a friend of John's probably says, I shouldn't like this guy. Yep. Yeah. And he so shouldn't then like the saddest... John. We see the saddest part of the issue when lovable Gary... His soul is apparently trapped by uh, by Despondio or Billy or whatever, um, and so he he then joins the team and uh, continues on their investigation. Uh, they go check out Billy's dad, who's who is um, really oh, acting up, um, and later we find out Billy is also chilling there. Um, so then. I, I, this is a scene. It's in. They, they go to visit, they interrogate the dad, and he his office is above a bank. And while John is away questioning the father, um, the devil gets really riled up in the bank when uh, a security guard tells him, uh, you know, to, to that he needs to leave. So he um, he rips out his kidney right in kind of the <laughs> middle of the bank. Which I mean, I understand. You know, banks are stressful, but. This is a bit much. Now he's got th- a thing this... about people touching him. You know, yeah. I mean, yeah. I do too. I really do. I don't know that I've ever ripped out anyone's kidney. Well, not yet. He he does defend his actions by saying he does have another one. <laughs> he does have another one. Now I don't know about you guys, but I this this seems a little like strange and petulant for like Lu- Lucifer because I mean. For the for the Lucifer that we're used to seeing in the Sandman Constantine universe, yeah. absolutely, um, it doesn't seem the kind of Lucifer that we're used to seeing at all. 
Tom Taylor, when they came out with this book, they did say that we're going to be seeing a different kind of Constantine here. Um, I'm enjoying the series, but, uh, you know, maybe it's just because I've read it for so long, but I, 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 I prefer, I don't hate me, Tom, but I, I prefer the, uh, the other version so far. We still have mm. one more book to go and not that this story has been bad by any stretch, but, um, because I've I've enjoyed it, but well, it is like, it is definitely different than the original, you know. Hmm. Well, I feel that Tom Taylor took both his uh, like took sources from two shows, which the Constantine show from NBC for Constantine and for Lucifer. I think he took them from the Lucifer TV show because that Lucifer from the TV show feels a lot like this Lucifer that we're getting, which is nothing like uh-huh. the actual. Like source material seems like right, he combined those two, mm-hmm. and that's what we have. Yeah. That, no. Okay. So like New Fifty Two Lucifer. Yeah. Oh, is that was he part of the New? That's where. That, that's where. The, if I'm not mistaken, that's where that series was based off of. Oh, good enough. Let me. Yeah, I want there, There's reference to that he was the prime minister uh, at one point, so I, I'm guessing that this this is maybe like a kind of pre-established character like that. But it 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 seems a little bit at odds. But at the same time, he I guess he's under a lot of pressure from this demon because um, this is the same demon that uh, stole his wings. Um, he had snuck off and fed on just doom and despair for long enough to get all swole again, uh, and stole Lucifer's wings. And these are the wings. That for some reason have been you know sewn onto rich naked old people and then cut off later. Um, so they they eventually get a warrant for the arrest of uh, Billy's father, um, and he is apparently uh, scared half to death of his son. Um, and John helps him out by allowing him to hit him in front of police officers so he can get arrested. And the guy. Uh, and as instead of punching him, picks up his chair and and cracks him one, which I thought was was really great. <laughs> right. I was like, "Oh, you want me to hit you? I'll hit you." <laughs> you hit me with a chair. Um, but yeah, so then um, that kind of wraps up that the storyline here. We've got a, a man arrested, but we um, d- finish up the book. We re- go home with uh, Agent Bukhari or Detective Bukhari, uh, and she walks in to find her children. Um, playing PlayStation with Billy Henderson, aka Despondio. Um, and he looks overall, creepy I, as hell. Yeah, he, he's he's a real spooky guy. Uh, overall, I I really en- I enjoyed this issue, but like I said, I'm biased towards Constantine. But I do like that this series so far has been like like vi- quite like visceral and like the the stakes are more akin to the old vertigo uh, stakes where people were died and like, you know, demons exploded out of people's heads and like all kind of crazy stuff where, you know, even in like justice league dark, it's a little bit lighter. Uh, I like the spirit of what they're doing. I feel like the art is kind of blah. Um, But the story has got me. It's definitely Derek Robertson. Yeah. Uh, but the story honestly has me uh, kind of entranced, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing more of these. So that's going to be another eight and a half out of ten for me. Um, I'm with you there. I don't mind the art. Uh, I, I, 
I, I, if you've read the boys, um, the Amazon TV show, Great if you book. read the comic series from, from that, uh, he's the guy from that. So I kind of knew, uh, what to expect coming in, which is kind of a flatter style of art. Um, the violence is it, good, though. The violence he's got is the good. violence down. Is this, yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he's, yeah, he's, he's he's really good at that. And um, it, his art style, I, when I see it, I it almost reminds me of American traditional tattooing. That mm. that yeah. flat going for the semi three D, but barely you know kind of look, and it 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 works for the story. Um, yeah. I dig it. I'm with it. I I like the story. Um, the the last panel there, the that that oh, splash yeah. page where Billy turns around and says, "Are you gonna play with us?" That I mean, I mean, that, dude, if that was in a movie, that shit would creep you the mm-hmm. fuck out. On <laughs> the other way. Yep. Yeah, that, that's kind of what this feels like. It feels like story. It feels like storyboarding. It feels like a show or like a movie. I mean, and it's effective, but it doesn't like. Yeah, that's what I was saying. It doesn't feel like a comic book, but I, I'm still into it. Like, give me some more, oh, please. Yeah. yeah, for sure. What last you say, issue. Anthony? Last issue when I read it, I was like, you know what? I'm getting this like supernatural vibe, like the supernatural TV show vibe, mm-hmm. and. Yeah. That vibe is still staying with me because, well, I'd read the issue twice. First time I read it, I was laid down. And I was like, man, this is really not that good at all. Second time, I actually had to really think about it and just analyze it a little bit better. And I think it's a combination of three things. One, a supernatural TV show, which is one of my favorite TV shows, and combining both the Lucifer character from his TV show and the Constantine character from the... DC shows. Now, Lucifer, mm-hmm. he's one of my... Yep. I'm really enjoying what the... Yes, that may not be what we do see from the source material, but what we do see from the TV show, I'm enjoying that so much. So seeing like that a little bit come to the comics and the bike cop up with Constantine, something that I want for the show to do for a long time. That would second be best. cool. Oh, I always wanted that TV show. Just those two characters mash up. But I'm getting that in the book, and I'm really digging that. The art, I'm used to from the boys. Like, I love the boys series, so I'm okay with this. And I do love how we do get that balance. We do get it, whether it's in hell, or we do get this in beating somebody up, taking someone's kidney, you know, just the usual. My only issue, I feel like, they they never explain, like, why did Billy wait so long to attack? Like, because Billy came out when they were kids but now he's just like attacking like like it just seems like weird the way that lucifer was go ahead oh i I think we're i think we're chasing the same point go ahead um the the way that lucifer was explaining it despondio has been taking this this all this time getting strong enough to fight lucifer and until he was strong enough to do so he didn't show up he didn't make his appearance you know what i'm yeah, saying that's my understanding as well yeah oh. he was he, he had a feed on enough like despair over like that I, i'm because i'm guessing it's they were like 10 so maybe like 30 years of just like absorbing that to try to like get get buff enough to come at him again and he, he must have he must have some serious juice if uh, now if he could rip the wings right off of lucifer 
Yeah. I mean, he's it's it. I'm thinking 20 years at least because Constantine's drawn in a way that he at least looks scruffy. You know what I mean? <laughs> so he's got to yeah. be about 30 at at the earliest, youngest. He does some hard lifting too, so it's hard to tell. <laughs> I guess. Well, I mean, hell, look. Yeah, it's off to you. One man. <laughs> People call me grandpa. All right. <laughs> it does. It. We got one one shoe left. I feel like this should get at least two more because right now, from what we've been getting, it doesn't seem like we're getting a full like. It seems like we we might rush to the ending per se. That's something so, I'm I, a little worried about too. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like what we got recently, in my opinion, in the recent three jokers. So I'm hoping we not get repetition of that. So with that, if an eight point five out of ten, I want to give it a Ooh. little higher, but because I get, I'm having this feeling of. Will we really finish in time? Will it be a great ending? I got to go down to an 8.5. Good. Constantine, a big winner so far. So far, he is carrying some books, isn't he? Oh, yeah. All right. I guess that means now we'll move on over to Batman number 102, priced at $3.99, written by James Tynan IV, with art by Carlo Pagalan, Danny Mickey, Carlos Deanda, and David Barron. Letters by Clayton Cowles with the cover done by Jorge Jimenez and Tomu Mori. Ghost Stories Part 1 is showing us the Gotham City that we get after the Joker War, or at, or it's at least a very, you know, little glimpse at it. Um, this whole issue, the pencils, the inks, light, colors, Everything throughout this entire issue, it's it's done so well. I feel like it brought everything to life. Every page, I I loved. Um, you flip through it, uh, that that first splash of Batman swinging and upside down, grabbing one of those grinners. It was um, it looks almost three D, like he's popping off the page. Man, it just looks beautiful. It's gorgeous. Uh, yeah, this this is like the pinnacle of you know. I, I'm guess this has to be some like digital art. I'm guessing, but it it it, it is like it could almost, just not, be fo- inks, if not man. photo real. It is 100 percent immersive. Oh, absolutely. Mm. Um, it brings everything to life, uh, not just the characters but the environment too. It's fantastic. I like the personality of this new Batman enemy. I think he's cool. Um, I love how cocky and arrogant he is. Uh, we've seen Batman go up against enemies where they are known as supreme fighters. We've had Rash Al Ghul, we've had Shiva, we've you know plenty of them, and um, none of them walk on the stage like this guy does, just knowing that he's going to mop the floor with Batman. Um, that that attitude has got me really intrigued so i'm digging that he's real arrogant and uh it seems as though he's got a good reason for it uh that person is ghost maker who the story introduces us to um it shows a bit of the past with a quick flashback and puts him to work actively on his mission that's how this book opens Ghostmaker is delivering a villainous monologue to a cop that he has suspended upside down high up in a halfway built skyscraper It begins with him complaining about Gotham, but eventually shifts to Batman with Ghostmaker stabbing the cop through the chest while saying that he's better than better than Batman and he's here to prove it. 
Then we switch scenes to Batman and Barbara Gordon as Oracle, working together to take down Grinners, those who were scarred by the Joker attacks and toxins and still operate as his goons, even without him present. Uh, it appears that they all hang out at this uh, the smile bar that we, uh, if anybody was an old Harley reader, um, that's where she used to hang out at. But uh, it's important... Yeah, I- Go ahead. Oh, I I just wanted the 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 look of these um like the 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 grinners that uh, that Batman takes out on the way to the smile bar is just like I I, I was I'm really impressed with that they're like 80s out but in like clown motif that was pretty strong like you said the art is just really striking and kind of grabs you and the the way these guys look is like really I thought was really cool. Yeah, they're not just jokered out. They're like neoned out because we don't. Mm-hmm. We get one with orange hair. There's green. There's purple. You know, um, so they're not all just Joker clones. And I, I think that that's an important touch. You know, I think it adds a lot to it. They yep. embrace their Jokerisms. <laughs> exactly. Um. So uh, it is important, at least to me, uh, to note here that Barbara says that she's got some ideas spawned from Stephanie and Cassandra wearing the symbol on their chest, that being the bat symbol. And she also says that she's unsure about her Batgirl slash Oracle balance. Um, She doesn't know which one she does more good as. And then finally, (laughs) I'm pushing for that one too, man. Um, finally, she calls Batman out for trying to take out the Grinners before Clown Hunter can get to them, and that is an accusation that he ignores. Upon entering the Smile Bar, the hangout for those goons I mentioned before, Batman sees a mark on the wall and quickly tells Oracle to de- deactivate all of her systems and maintain radio silence. She tries to insist on helping, but he pushes her away. That part disappoints me a little bit, to be honest. Um, we've in, in in all of the different bat books, we've been seeing everybody come together. Um, so I'm I'm really hoping that this is the crux that does actually make that happen. He's going to initially react like Batman. This is where I'm at. Fingers crossed how this Ghostmaker thing is going to play out. He's going to initially react like Batman, even though he's been edging towards Bat family and say, no, I've got to take this. This is personal. I'll, I'll handle this. And then he's going to need them because this guy is just too damn much. I think that Batman will not be able to beat him on his own, and he's going to need the help of everybody to take him down. That's, that's I'm, I'm praying for that, man. I really, really I, I think you're. I think you're exactly right, and I think they'll have to use the fact that this guy knows. I, I, I like. I think they'll have to use the fact that this guy knows he can beat Batman's ass, and that's going to be how. Uh, they're they're going to kind of like trap him. I'm I'm guessing, you know, and then mm-hmm. because that apparently it seems like they've had this history of of this this kind of thing of these like these personal duels. And I think it, it might be either of their undoings. I don't know who's either Ghostmaker or Batman's, but some or, someone's yeah. going down because of that. Yeah, um, the flashbacks that you're mentioning they they show it. They've been rivals since they were kids, and from the looks of it, Ghostmaker has usually, if not always, come out on top. He is uh, 
uh, the that's the impression I'm getting is that Batman is ordering Oracle to shut everything down and saying this is personal. I'll handle it myself because he's scared. And well, there, there was a mention of the the ghost net, and I don't, I don't, I'm guessing that's some sort of like AI hacker thing. Well, he 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 mentions um, he mentions that his uh, uh, abilities that his helmet has to mm-hmm. Clown Hunter later on in the issue. Uh, okay. And so I'm assuming that basically this guy's got his own bat computer, but he instead of calling it a bat computer, he calls it the ghost net. Ghost net, yeah, that that tracks. Um, I like that. It might be a little bit of a. See, as you were saying before, that um, maybe at the end is when the whole, they're coming together as a unit. I feel like we've just been seeing that a little bit too much, where like Bruce pushes them away. Then the last moment they come together, I'm like, I was really hoping that we don't do that, or like how they said like the Bat family will be back together as being a legit Bat family. So when he was pushing Orc away, I like hoping it's only just for this one issue. Next issue, they come back that just like, hey, I realized what I've done. I'm sorry. Let's get down to business as a team. I really don't want to wait to the last issue of the story. Mm-hmm. And then that's where we just see them all as a splash page of them all standing next to each other. I was like, no, we've seen that in the Joker. We've seen that. Yeah, no. In, qu- in quite a bit. That's just not, that's, it's just not going to work for me, man. It's just yeah, it's not going to work for me. Uh, <laughs> um, the only way that they're going to make that sell and make it, you know, part of a good story is to have, you know, get, have him get his ass handed to him fast, you know, yeah, like and, next and, issue, and, bam. and then, and then it's like a couple tactical issues of figuring out how to take this dude down where everybody with their different skills, um, get to come together and, and, you know, to, to do what has got to be done. My question is this. Ultimate Endgame. Ghostmaker goes away. Ghostmaker knows Bruce's identity. So if Ghostmaker knows Bruce's identity and he's every bit as smart as Bruce is, which seems to be the case, and this is tracking so far, that means it's logical that he probably knows everybody else's secret identities. And how is everyone else going to react to that? Remember that everyone else doesn't just include the goody two-shoes. We've also got Jason Todd. We've got Damian Wayne. We've got Sophia, we've got Cassandra, we've got Shiva. These are people who would have no problems killing somebody. And is that what's going to end up happening to Ghostmaker? Are they going to ghost him? I feel like a lot of his villains, well, good amount of them, they know his identity. Which, like, I really hate whenever a villain knows the hero's identity. Like, but he has a lot. He has Joker. He has Bane. Um, Race our girl. Ghostmaker right now. Um, there's probably a few other ones. I was gonna say. Back. I think that's it, though, right? There's there's Bane, and that's because they revealed it to each other. Joker because it's the Joker <laughs> story, and then Ra's al Ghul because he trained him, you know, a long, long time ago, and was almost his father-in-law. But two more. I'm trying to think of technically poison ivy. Does she go? No, I don't think so. 
I don't think she, so. She, she and I mean, obviously Harley knows, but she, you can't count her as a bad guy anymore. Catwoman Cat woman knows, but you can't count her, even though she's going to be a thief for the next year. Punchline. Punchline does know, yeah. Uh, I, I'm actually interested. I'm interested to see uh, th- this agreement that they mentioned. Um, Bruce, uh, Batman tells Ghostmaker that um, Gotham is mine. We had an agreement, and Ghostmaker says, "Well, then do your job." Um, so I, I'm interested. I'm hoping they get into that in the next episode. How they carved up Gotham, or you know, what kind of system Ghostmaker is working under. It. I have a theory about that, and it's okay. So that agreement is that that line about the agreement is is pretty much where I'm pulling a good majority of 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 that intuition that's telling me that that Bruce is scared of this dude, and that they had an agreement. Um, that guy would stay out of Gotham and let Bruce do what he needed to do with Gotham. As long as Bruce never came and messed with him or tried to interfere with anything he was doing in the rest of the world. And that kind of sounds like something Batman would agree to. Oh, hush. Hush knows his oh, eyes. The other guy. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. It was just bugging me. Like, I need this one more. Hush. There we go. I mean, I know I've been talking for a while, but you don't have to tell me to <laughs> shut up, man. Okay, <laughs> 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 Well, what did you think of this issue? Um, what do you guys right, uh, well, your... yeah, let me, let me wrap this one up here. Um, oh, please. Sure. So, uh, the issue wraps as we watch Clown Hunter watching Harley Quinn, kind of grossly, moving into her new apartment while he's pulling up what I can assume is a YouTube video on how to build a homemade rocket launcher. Man, parents, put some monitoring software on your kids' phones. <laughs> Ghostmaker shows up to kill Clown Hunter. Uh, in just the nick of time, Batman arrives to slave to save Clown Hunter from his lifelong enemy. The two clash on the rooftop and Ghostmaker challenges Batman to a duel, whereas history dictates, according to the flashbacks we saw earlier, the winner takes the spoils. Batman assumes that he means Clown Hunter, but the issue ends with him being told that the contest is not just bo- not just for the boy, but all of Gotham. And it does say next is Rival Rumble. So it looks like that's when we are going to see them throw down. We are going to, and hopefully, we, hopefully the, the, I'm right here and we see him just get his ass handed to him. And, you know, we see Ghostmaker start being Azriel like, um, over the top violent. And, um, you know, Bruce has to get everybody together to, to, to unite the Bat family and then have it stay that way. You know, not, we don't need, these are our comics. These are not, you know, CW TV shows. We don't need um, family drama to, to enrich the story. We can, we can have everybody working together for a couple of years and there's no reason to have everybody hate each other. Or We are, look, Damien is already the black sheep of the family. Even Cassandra and Sophia are, you know, are in good standing. We've only got one bad guy on the, on the back. Chris and Todd. Oh, Jason Todd. What do you mean, the black sheep? Uh, well, I mean, I guess kind of. Who's more the, the black sheep? 
right now damien damien uh, so jason cod kills people right damien kills people kidnaps people imprisons people wipes their memories reprograms their brains so and he's 14 13 he's 13 years old 13 so i'm going to say that the rottenest apple is indeed damien i mean he's taking he's taking kind of an when you're 14 but I mean, that, that, is that, that is true. That is true. He's going through that time of his life. The puberty. Yeah, superhero. If you were fourteen and had superhero tech, you would definitely imprison people mm-hmm. and mind wake up a couple of people. A few people would definitely get mind. At wake. least. Mm-hmm. So that's not totally <laughs> the librarian, the sandwich maker. I mean, maybe after my first couple of arties, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I would have been like, bloop, bloop. Yeah, nobody remembers that. No. <laughs> Imagine having the the ability to delete whatever you needed to off of the internet. <laughs> That'd be nice. Wouldn't it though? Go ahead. AOL was. I, I said I'm glad we, uh, the most I had was AOL when I was a kid. Jeez. Right. <laughs> internet, internet security. I that show. AOL. I remember that. <laughs> yeah. Get off the phone! <laughs> <laughs> Missiles get the signs. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Mommy keeps picking up the phone. It's going to take me forever to download this song. It's been three days. <laughs> right? Oh, man. All right. So, Batman 102, the art, like I said, I can't talk good enough about it i loved it so much i hope this team stays together and does every other book um (laughs) i'm giving oh sorry no go ahead i was gonna say ghostmaker is dope he looks dope his suit is cool he's got like a Uh white cape and swords yes yes yep samurai pants he he's he's a bad pajama man And um, yeah, so I'm going to give this an 8.5 out of 10. Actually, I gave it an 8.5 um, on the site. I'm, I'm bumping. The, this is the third read through I've done, oh. and I'm so in love with it. I'm, I'm bumping it up to a nine. Absolutely. That was a great issue. What did you guys think? It was like great issue. Like any villain who dresses in white is automatically just a badass. <laughs> yeah like, i mean like, was amazing it, what's looking. his name snowstorm snowstorm from the gi joe oh. like you didn't even know anything about that dude and he was just so cool yep. just because he, was, oh, he was a ninja that wore white that was it <laughs> that's just amazing right there hands down bad guy in white that's all mac bad like i'm someone who loves action scenes and this is what we got we got great action scenes in this book whether it was in the past or the present, not only that, not only that, but as you said, the art is amazing. From seeing the new villain, from seeing the um, the Grinners, like their look is. I'm hoping that this look stays for at least uh, next few years or more, like at least. Loving the design that we see with them. The dialogue I enjoy, like uh, this issue, had kept on going more and more. Even when we do see it in the past, where we see um, now do we know for sure that is um Ghost Hunter with the um, the cloth around his half of his face? 
I mean, I'm assuming that's who it is. I mean, there'd be okay. no reason to introduce that's anybody That's what I else thought so, to too. Yeah. Because, man, that'd be, a plot, that'd be a twist if it wasn't. I do enjoy, like, how it does have, like, that, his, his reveal is definitely something big, if yet we're not seeing what he looks like, even in the past. So I got to get this in. 8.75. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah, I'm with you there. I think Ghost uh, Ghostmaker is dope. I think it, it it I'm really excited because this he's kind of like an alternate Batman who like grew up beside Batman. I mean, like he's got a bit and he's sticking with the bit because like his hacking right. software is not is not like a batarang. It's like a his ghost net. And like you said, when he was young, he had a cloth wrapped around his head. So like even then, he had his he had a bit and he was sticking with it. And you see Bruce there in just regular like kind of street clothes. Um, so I, they're like that that kind of kindred spirits. They're like they're both like just total like like. Uh, nut jobs, and they're just like committed to like he's the ghost maker and he's Batman. Uh, yeah, um, they're, yeah, definitely. Two, um, how do you how do you say that? Uh, well, they're they're two different sides of the same coin. Yes, yes, exactly. Um, um, and the, like I said, the art was cool. The fights were cool. Uh, this was just a lot of fun. It was uh, a lot of smashing and and, and kicking and swords. Uh, so I, I yeah, nine out of ten for me for sure. All right, well, that is that for that one. Next up is Justice League number 56, written or priced at $3.99, written by Joshua Williamson, with art by Robson Roca, Daniel Enriquez, and Romulo Fiardo Jr., with letters by Tom Napolitano, and the cover done by Liam Sharp. Anthony, you want to take us through this one? Now, last we saw, we saw the Omega Titan, he's kicking ass he's dominating because the team thought we were hey let's do it by surprise but no 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 unfortunately it was all part of my hunter's trick as he lured them there even lord hawker though so when we open up we do see detective champ the sorry sack that he is which that's what we've been seeing a lot from in the beginning of jld from th- this little story off right now Detective Sherman is just so sad and just it's so tiring to always see. So I'm glad we'll have <laughs> later on on this issue because so that's how you really feel, want... man. <laughs> it just annoying. Like, monkey man. It's just so sad. Last issue, we got like I thought he was gonna kill himself last issue because he was all suicidal. All of a sudden, man, my friends are dead. I should just be dead too. Like, dude, grow yeah, up and man. do something. Like, he I'm, does, like he, I'm so he looks glad. totally he devastated, man. He does. There's a sad <laughs> opening. My dude's a chimpanzee, and there's a giant. Uh, there's like a giant shooting laser beams at everybody. I kind of get him. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, I can't complain about it. You know, I mean, for I'm sure. four, I'm like three and a half feet tall, man. Come on. <laughs> I mean, this it, is too much. We either see him being sad, or we either see him drinking. Which, like, this shows. This is really a sad moment we see for Detective Shep. He's a he's a depression alcoholic. I mean, this is a bad yeah. thing that we're showing to kids. He is an alcoholic too, isn't he? Well, hey, oh, this yeah. is rated thirteen and up. We we all drink at thirteen. <laughs> Death metal. 
Sorry. Now, let's talk about like, alcoholic, and we're talking about like, age 13. Like, oh, age 13? Oh, sure, why not? So I'll be alcoholic at the age of 13. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> and technically, it's Dark Knight's death metal, doom metal. Part three. So many medals. Last issue, we did get doom metal and Star Wars, which started out, uh, but then it was pretty good. This issue, we get all inflamed, which I think it looks a lot better. It looks more badass. You can see both of the woods, nice and good. It just is great. Yeah, cool. Now, and also with we also check out that my hunter has Hawkgirl in John Jones his mind but unlike what he does not what unlike yeah, what my hunter does not know is that John Jones helped um Cassandra so actually she can push away any inside inside natives from taking her mind and that's what happens where she just pushes both her and him outside of, of John Jones, which we do get a clash. That's some gruesome and, art of his body getting all twisted up, <laughs> isn't it, man? That's yeah. that that's oh man. He's got it looks coming dirty. out of his face and stuff. Yeah, yeah. He's such a nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I always happens to the nice guys. <laughs> right? You ever seen the Takazu Avenger? <laughs> have you ever seen that no no, no it's from a long time ago it's called it, a, a film studio called uh tromaville oh, yes. and and yes, they man. did the toxic toxic avenger and a couple of different other ones in kabuki Cop. Uh, yes <laughs> romeo and juliet yes oh my god they are um every every bit over the board and like d movie but oh it's it's geeky goofy goodness and then they did well then they did the uh sorry we're on a tangent now but toxic crusaders which is oh. the cartoon version i had yeah. i had Dang. i had a couple of those fun friends in a little van they drove around in perfect perfect sweet okay back to the story <laughs> back to the issue <laughs> which we do get a page of harker versus my hunter and it looks beautiful you see his wings all spread out you definitely like, oh man, we know who's the underdog. Versus my first impression of looking at that page, like, I want more of my hunter. He looks as if he should be somebody who we get a lot, just as we got of Batman Who Laughs. I want more of my hunter after it, Doom Metal. It would be cool, dude. I mean, the and drawn this way too. Do you yes. see? Are you looking at that the way that they drew that? Oh, yeah. Where his wings look transparent. Like where the light from the red sky behind him is coming through his wings. And just, I mean, the light, the way they drew everything was just amazing. They put a lot of thought into it. Looks badass. Not just detailed. It's not just awesomely drawn. It's well thought out and drawn too. Mm -hmm. Like you can see like the, the, the bright sky behind him through him in the skinny parts of his, his wings and stuff. It's so cool. It's like, gross looking, uh, but it's cool. <laughs> like I love it. Like we do see a little mashups. Like he still survives it somehow. Post Doom Metal, we see him versus a, like either two more like the superheroes. That should be a great clash, Minecraft, because he does. You have Batman and you have Marshmallow to combine those two. Just the power alone is just something that I cannot wait to see more of him. 
insane. Talk about a mega and, level. Mm-hmm. And of course, with him being half Marshmallow, he does get his weakness, which is fire. And so that's just what happens. We see the brawl leads into a nice, devastating. <laughs> we I do just see realized jump. his arch nemesis would be Beavis. <laughs> fire, fire. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that we messed brought up. up trauma. We brought up trauma. This was bound to happen. It was bound to happen. <laughs> oh, God, I'm so old. I apologize. <laughs> well, old on the inside. So while that clash goes off, we do see with her mace that she heats up to make fire come out of it with the help of Martian Manhunter with his heat beams. And she just she just smacks it across him, which he just basically just see him catch on fire. Of course, we do know that he is not down out, not yet. Because I guarantee you, he will be coming back within this, within whether the story arc or within the com within the event itself. Now while that battle is taking place, we see Dick he's waking up from getting knocked out from last issue. We see him looking up to the Legion of Doom, who my who my opinion at one of the pages, the art needs a little bit more details. Because you can yeah. obviously see that the artist just has said you piss war job on the face, the bodies, like you just did the general aspect, but none of the filling in parts. And we also do see him just looking behind him saying, huh, what the hell? And we don't really know what's happening because like, it just looks strange from what's, hap- what's going on. Thankfully, we find out that actually Detective Chimp, the sad sack that he is, is on comment who turns invisible. Yes, he turns invisible because why not? <laughs> did come from the mascara it totally makes sense and we have the invisible jet too <laughs> yep exactly yeah that's, that's all you need that's... what what more explanation mm-hmm. could you possibly require no wonder that's... woman gave it to him it's invisible of course dingy <laughs> now uh, i assume that this isn't a real horse right no yeah it's definitely metal it's been drawn to look yeah so cyborgy uh, Heck cannon, same stuff that's made out of the Miswood Jet. Pops oh, yeah, off. For sure. Yeah, that makes that tracks. Which, which you know that's a nice little like he whether it was just a instant thought or just a full on or just a, a detailed thought he thought of a long time ago. It did a great job from like just built like at adding more to comic. Because before I'm not paying comic was a, a little bit lame. Oh, he's a little bit better now because he can turn invisible. Because you know what? That can, I want him to stay around in the books. Well, I mean, to be honest with you, I was like, why in the hell do they have a metal horse? I mean, don't you have a metal I horse? Get, I, okay, I, I do not have a metal horse. Well, I mean, the only that thing right that I could assume is that uh, Joshua Williamson listened to a lot of Dio. Uh, <laughs> Bon Jovi, maybe, <laughs> or, 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 or yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe Bon Jovi too. Yeah, that definitely could have been. One well, of you know, that's, one of those steel be... horses you ride. I mean, it's called um, death metal. They're wa- they're that's... wanted. 
dead dead or alive I'm alive <laughs> <laughs> how did that happen um anyway oh. <laughs> and Sorry, so as not nah, you're good <laughs> as detective trip is grabbing nightwing to just do um give him size like hey man you need a nice little breather so thankfully as they do get the nice little breather we had the whole team come together we see Hawkgirl and Marshman, which we do also see a kiss, which I'm still not used to seeing them being a legit couple. Because as you remember back from Just League, they like have feelings and then bam, they have a kid. We didn't see anything of like them slowly seeing them come together as a couple. We just have um, hey, we should date, sure. And now we have a kid. Yeah, I don't have a problem. I don't have any problem with hot girl and Martian Manhunter being together. Um, a lot of people seem to, I just, I don't understand it. I mean, it's, I don't know. I guess like just randomly picking two people to throw together. Like if I would have picked somebody would ask me who, who would you top five people you guess for hot girl to, to be shipped with or Martian Manhunter. I definitely wouldn't have picked one of the other for Mm -hmm. them, you know, Hopefully, after uh, post death metal post future state, we do actually see them being like in like like a legit couple. We see them going out. We see them actually being from what like Superman and Lois are, or Black Canary and Alia. They actually show them because it does seem like it's a, a main focal point of the whole Justice League slash Doom Metal. So mm-hmm. hoping that is that they're just not. We actually do more with them, not just like a prop for like Scott's not Snyder's run. And so, as the team just heads off, like, hey guys, we need to think of a plan that's not sneak because they already know what we're here. So, what should we do? So, they figure, hey, let's actually let out the Legion of Doom. And that's exactly what they do. They let out the Legion of Doom, but unfortunately, Omega Titan sees them. But Luckily, Detective Chip sees them too. Well, he sees the, the Megan Titan look at them. And so he goes in the middle of the attack and he gets well, what we assume is obliterated. In my opinion, he's not dead yet. No. Because all we do is see is his hat. Yeah, I don't buy it. No, I, I, I guess he's a little bit more than that to know that, hey, he's dead. But of course, he won't be the only hero that we have seen die in. This event we've seen Firestorm, Lots Animal of Man. Uh, I think Booster Gold. They all died in one of the one shots. So as they do free the the Legion of Doom, they want to take out our team. Which honestly, I fear is that this just is like a wasted cliffhanger because we do know, like, I highly doubt next issue. They're fighting all of the issue. They're going to come together within a few pages. Fingers crossed. And, you know, the off the, the cliffhanger is a lot better than what we did see them halfway in the other, in halfway in this issue. We see a little bit more detailed. But that being said, um, my biggest issue with this whole, with this in general is we have not seen much from Starfire and Cyborg who in the jail book Starfire got backseat on a little bit too much. Like she was in the first half of it and she was not really in it for the rest of the 
Um, Comic Run, same thing with Just League. I, I honestly wish um, Cyborg was in it for the first half, and then in it for a little bit in the last, like a couple of issues. They're being backseated a lot, which you can do so. Like so far, she's powerful. She's bad. You have Cyborg, who he is freaking amazing. Who he should be able to like, he can hold his own. I don't understand why we're not really seeing much from them. It's always Nightwing or one of two other uh, other characters at most. But hey, thankfully, but thankfully, Detective Chimp is no longer a sad sack. Hopefully, he's dead for now. Mm-hmm. I gotta give this a seven point five out of ten. The no wait a seven. I went down because mm-hmm. of the art. I enjoyed it on a few of the panels, but then that. It needs to be a little bit better. We do get the whole gritty, edgy, um, metal-type vibe. Yes. However, a few of them, no. You need to focus a little bit more on, like, the whole pages as a whole. Like, I'm looking at one page right now of um, Starfire and Marshman Hunter. However, we don't really – he doesn't even have a face. Yeah. That's a couple of them. What did you think, you know, Reed? I, I, you know, I, I, I enjoyed it overall. Um, I was a big fan of Megan. Uh, what was his name? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Um, Omega, Omega Knight. Is that his name? No. Uh, yeah, Omega Knight. Omega, 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 Omega Knight. Yes, yes. I liked him. I like his big laser beam blasts. Um, there's a really cool panel I liked when he when he blasted the throne or whatever. I thought that was like a really cool visual with like the lightning explosion. Um, uh, I. I think like the I enjoy the um, metal versions of them. I think it's I I think that the it's kind of contrived that they look this way, but also I I think it's it's still pretty dope. I mean, um, overall, um, it setting the Legion of Doom free always seems like a bad idea. I'm not super surprised that they immediately turned on them because like wait, what are you gonna do? I mean, they're, that's it's in the it's in right. the name. Um, bad guys but overall, acting like bad guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the, going after their own self-interest for like to their own detriment. You know, whatever. It's bad guy stuff. Um, overall, eight out of ten. Cool book. Um, I, I like I like big guys shooting laser beams. So what can I say? <laughs> <laughs> I um I enjoyed the issue overall. I I I enjoyed the art. Um, I thought it was done really well. Uh, the style, you know, I mean, they tried to squish a lot into some small spaces, and when you do that, you do forsake a lot of detail. Um, the colors are fantastic, and um, about honestly, my biggest thing with the art is that for some reason, to me, Cyborg looks like he's forty. Um, he just yeah, he he looks he looks old, man. He looks old as me. Or you know, or Lex Luthor. Um, but uh, other than that, I, I really did enjoy the art uh, for the most part. The story again is is okay. Um, we've got movement. I I'm I I dig the uh, the um, Martian mine hunter. He's he's pretty cool. Um, the characters are all where they need to be. Um, the story is the story is enjoyable. It is it is what it is. It's nothing spectacular. Um, 
I'm not going to, you know, set, set somebody down and say, you've got to read this, but I enjoyed it. So I'm going to give it a seven, five. And then I a think quick that question before we move on, um, did mind hunter is, is the reason that he's able to turn into a big giant bat Cause he is like half Martian. No. Yeah. 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 Cause they've got the um, shapeshifter abilities. I, almost I didn't know if that, that was, that was just like general spooky power or if that was <laughs> spooky power. Because <laughs> he's got awesome. them, he got those lip, he's got those suit lips too. So I mean, he's oh, obviously yeah, that, got some oh, spooky powers. Yeah, so ba- Batman Beyond. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's um, <laughs> Martian Mind Hunter Beyond. There you go. So who's up next? That would be Sweet Tooth, The Return Number One, priced at $3.99, written by Jeff Lemire, with art also by Jeff Lemire and Jose Villarubia. Letters by Steve Wands, with the cover done by Lemire and Villarubia. Reed, you want to take us a walk through Sweet Tooth, The Return? Certainly. Now, this, before you start, this, this was originally a Vertigo um, title, correct? Uh, yes, that that is correct. The, All right. The now, original run was on Vertigo. Now, have you read the original run? Uh, I I've read uh, the first couple of issues, but I, d- I never got too deep into it uh, until I read this one. And now I'm I'm I've redownloaded it, and I'm going back through it now. Yeah, I'm gonna be taking a, a dive back into it too. I I I got driven there by this issue. Um, I didn't get into it beforehand, and I feel like I missed out, to be honest. But all right. So um, that said, this is this is a return to Sweet Tooth, uh, which was a an old Vertigo an old Vertigo label, and uh, brought. It's the same guy that did it before, right? Jeff Lemire Uh, did the original one. Yep, same thing. He's he's on the art and the story again, Uh, and it was it's a post apocalyptic world. That's been um, ravaged by disease and uh, infertility and, you know, violence and this brink of destruction, all that kind of stuff. Um, and it, in the en- this end time, <laughs> were born these uh, hybrid children that were hybrids of humans and animals. Um, at the very beginning of this issue, we see Narnia, a page that says 300 years later. <laughs> Which leads me to believe that it's I, I'm you know we you'll assume that this is 300 years after the events of the previous uh, series. Um, right, that's what mm-hmm. I'm assuming. Yeah, which I, I'm I'm somewhat familiar with um, just because friends of mine who have read the book. But uh, so we start 300 years later, and there is a boy in the woods, and the boy has got antlers and deer ears. So. Um, and he's running from something called the big man. And he, he says there's a ed text bubble that talks about the big man's following in all of the evils of hell, which was, was kind of quite striking. It really sets the tone immediately yeah. for you know, what kind of experience you're in for. And then you, know, you see this boy in what appears to be an underground forest with uh, lighting panels above him that seem to stretch on for quite a long time which is a mirror of the first issue where you find a antlered boy in a forest in rural nebraska so i'm guessing that's where the 300 late years later part comes in right um so 
uh, and you follow this boy, and he he's getting the impression that the people around him and the world that he lives in is changing, and that he hasn't been being told the entire truth. Um, the the art style of Lemire is immediately just kind of it is right th- right there, and it's like ever present and kind of gets you right in the headspace of this beautiful and also extremely sad world with a, a boy who is the last of his kind and a uh, his father well a man calling himself father and their nannies which was one of my favorite parts of the issue is nanny one w-u-n and two two u-o uh, yeah um, uh, nanny one and two come on now <laughs> that's like but, such great post-apocalyptic stuff it really is and um what you were saying about the art man if if i saw this in a in a cape book i'd probably be complaining about it but if some something about I, and i don't know what it is but something about the way it just meshes with the story so well like the world yeah it's it, it it just I don't know I fell right into this book like in the first two pages. It's so incredibly thematic. He he, it, Lemire can do so much with just a couple kind of weird scribbles. It's this very um, specific mm-hmm. stylistic art, and it it's focused less on you know actions and really on emotions. Um, which is strange to see because his characters aren't drawn with a whole lot of detail. Um, right. Uh, now, you, you might recognize some of his work. Um, he was the art and um, story lead on Black Hammer. Oh, right. Oh, oh, that was a good one. So this, this is that same guy, um, that, that same kind of really haunting art style. Um, he's, also, he's done a couple of other um, really things. He's a, he was on Descender. Um, he was on, uh, shoot, Gideon Falls, um, a couple other, like, really uh, big books, um, and this is kind of more of the same. You can tell that he's a master, and a lot of people often call him the hardest working man in comics for the amount of work that he does. Uh, he has to, I, I read, um, when I was looking into this, that he has to limit himself to only drawing one book a year now. Because he was taking on too much stuff, writing too many books, and also having really? to draw too many books. Yeah, I saw the same. It was. It was uh, I think he said that on Twitter, didn't he? Uh, that I saw that somewhere for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that uh, just came out, uh, uh, you know, recently. Um, and but you can tell that this guy um, is kind of just a master of storytelling, um, and, and that. The, the joy of it is really on the page. And I don't know how else to describe it because, you know, like you said, you wouldn't expect this in a Kate book and you would, you would think that it's strange, but it's, it's not like the art. I don't know how to describe it. It's not great. I don't, I don't really enjoy the way it looks, but I like the way it makes me feel. Yeah. It feels more relaxed for some reason. It, it, yes. it, I, it's part of the experience of reading the book, I think is the best way to sum that up. It just, something about it evokes the the feelings that the, you know it pulls it gives you the same kind of feelings that you get what from the words that you're reading and the story that you're going through and it just i mean it, it meshes so well like uh trying to think of other examples like the movie misery um that's another example of just um cinematography that was done 
absolutely fantastic. It took so little to make that movie cinema wise, but they, they were able to accomplish so much with it. And I feel like it's kind of the same thing that's here. Yeah. Uh, I, it kind of draws like kind of in its sparseness. Um, like uh, it reminds me of kind of, it, it's, it's kind of bleak, kind of got like a preacher quality. Um, or like so I've heard some people describe this. It, it's kind of uh, the original run as um, the um, like McCarthy's The Road um, meets Bambi, which I thought was a pretty interesting. That's comparison. an interesting, <laughs> yeah. Because uh, yeah, th- things are certainly bleak. This is this is a dystopia, as we see. Um, eventually, um, the dear boy makes a break for it. Um, and finds at the end of his forest an underground lake, um, which he is able to pass and finds a whole city. He's been told his whole life he was the last person alive in the world, and now there's a whole city. And as soon as he gets there, um, he's the the authorities are after him, and he runs into the man um, who's been haunting his dreams, uh, the big man, who seems to know him, and in turn... The boy uh, knows the man as well, and they they call each other by the name Sweet Tooth for the boy and Jeopard for the man, which uh, is the names of the main characters from the first series. So um, that's quite an interesting little twist right at the end there. Oh. That's got me uh, really pondering where the where this is going and how it's all connected three hundred years apart. Three hundred exactly three hundred. I so alive. Well, is it a cycle? You... Is this? Are these the same people? How, you know, one. I I looked a little bit at the uh, plot synopsis, and at the end of the the first run, they you know just kind of were like wandering off into the wasteland. So uh, oh. I'm guessing in later uh, chapters we'll find out if these are the same folks, if they're reincarnated, and what happened to those folks from that first issue. Um, yeah, and if they're reincarnated, overall, why is it that they? can remember each other i mean there's all kinds of things exactly. to get into with this right um honestly i'm i'm so excited uh, i can't wait to get into this and like i said i'm i'm reading through the back issues now i'm going through the first series uh because i'm so infatuated with the look and the feel of this um for me this is a uh, nine out of ten we're a, a oh. lot of solid runs this week Ooh. All right. Well, as far as I go with Sweet Tooth, um, it has been a, like a real kick in the pants to me, feeling like I, sh- I, 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 I dove into this book going, oh, dude, because I, I didn't even realize that it was coming. And I, as soon as I saw that this was out or coming out, I was like, oh, my God, I never got the chance to go back and really read the other ones. So I've tried to this week because I do have them. And, um, you know, in that ever growing pile of things that I'll never get to, but, (laughs) but, um, I really, it's this issue has got me really wishing that I would have read the, the original runs on this, uh, the art and the, the art and the story, the characters, it, it's all working together amazingly well for me. And, um, I'm, I'm really liking it. I give this a nine out of 10 as well. Ooh. I know when the book first came out, not Sweet, Sweet Tooth, not this one, but when the original one came out, it was how highly praised 
So going to this one, I was like, oh man, hopefully I'm not missing any kind of big stuff because like this is my first issue of reading Sweet Sweet Tooth as a whole. So I was like, sure, let's give it a whirl because I've heard a lot of great things from his past runs, so why not? So the art itself, it definitely feels more relaxed. Doesn't feel anything like we're used to. To me, it looks like it like one of those um comics that people make themselves a like creature own almost where everyone's probably you do want those you can just like don't have to focus too much like it's not like a big big book like just league or batman you can just like go up in bed and just like have a read read, read this before bed just leisurely time and it, it as we said before the art actually helped with the story by by itself, which not many times you do see that in a um comic. I feel like, but we do actually see this in here where like the emotions they get to you, you do feel like yes, this does look like someone like, made it themselves, like by like definitely by did fans. yeah art and art and written by by Jeff Lemire mm-hmm. yeah but yeah like. Uh. The facial impressions, it does, it does its job. Like when he's running, when he's sad, you can, you can still feel it. Even like when he's having sad, when he's sad and having his um ice cream, you you can definitely get the emotions a little bit from it. Mm-hmm. But the story as a whole, I do feel as if I am missing a little bit of like just how it opened up and all. Like why is he here for state? Hopefully, I'm gonna find this out later on in the issues. But with this one issue, I want to go back into the previous runs and check this out because I got this a 8 out of 10. I didn't love it, didn't hate it, but definitely one I would recommend in a heartbeat. Like, hey, you know what? If you want just a comic, just give 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 this one a, a, a wall. And most likely, I will definitely check out this next issue because I am curious to see where this leads and what's all about Father is up to. Because definitely, you know, that like he's up to no good. Yeah, I was. Yeah, that's for yeah, sure. That's for sure. That I, I was actually going to ask you all that. Um, if you thought that you were missing out by not having read the first one. Now, going into this, having not been able to read the first ones, even even though I was trying this week, um, having not done that, I went into this and I didn't feel like I was missing anything because starts off telling me that it's 300 years in the future from where you know whenever the last one was so like my brain automatically assumed click okay um this is going to be set in the same world as the original sweet tooth but we're not going to have the same characters and whatnot and if there's anything that needs to be called back to i'm going to see it in a little editor's box you know um now now you know having have having read it the whole the whole premise of this run i'm assuming is finding out what the link is to the past and um that's got me you know that's that does have me really wanting to go back and read it it very well may have been set up to do so but you know um i enjoyed the hell out of it man i really did i i I liked it and uh you know what I was thinking? We were sitting here trying to figure out how to describe the art. And I think, Anthony, you were kind of getting at it there a little bit. Um, 
the art and the writing, it does come across as something that somebody, you know, made at home. But, you know, I mean, it's Jeff freaking Lemire. And I think yeah. what what ultimately what we're seeing here is, is the fact that it's 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 a product of passion. That's yeah. that's that's what this is. You know, this is a story that this guy had to get out. He had this character rumbling around on his in his head. And um, and I mean, I can relate to that. I just oh, my God, if, I wish that I could write as much as the stories that pop into my head and will eventually get something published. But um, <laughs> but uh, in any case, um, I, I just I, I loved every bit of this. And that's 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 what this is to me. It's a it's a it's a passion project and it's a damn well done one. Um, I, I really liked it. All right, so I guess we are going to move on over to Young Justice now. Final Justice, the very last episode, the very last issue of Brian Michael Bendis's Young Justice. About time. Written, <laughs> written by Brian, uh, priced for $3.99, written by Brian Michael Bendis and David Walker, with the art by Scott Godlewski and Gabe Altaib, with Wes Abbott doing the letters, and the cover done by Gabe Altaib and John Timms. Anthony, how about you take us through Young Justice? In my opinion, when you're writing a team book, you should never have too many characters. Otherwise, some of them won't get enough time to shine. Some of those characters people will care less about. And man, just seeing that front cover, we got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven characters. That's I'm glad this lot. is. It is. I'm glad that this is the last issue because if these characters came out more in the next issues or so, let's be honest, we wouldn't even care about at least half of them, and the writing will make us care about the less than half of them. Because mm-hmm. as you guys remember, last issue, the penultimate issue, it was all about casting. No clue why, but guess what? Setting up that should have been in the first story arc. So let's what what we're gonna do in this issue. The last issue is set. Tell us about Green Lantern, Teen Lantern. I don't know why we're not getting this in the first story arc. Maybe I could see Kara and this time into thinking about. Hey, let's check out Kelly. Well, but, I mean, nope. if if you're doing a run of um twenty issues, wouldn't you wait until the very last issue to introduce one of the characters that have been around since nearly the beginning? I guess that's why I'm not a DC writer because I would not have. I would have made her at least issue two or three. Make one of the first ones we actually know about, but I guess that's why I'm not make, making the big bucks like Brian Agobandis. Yeah. For now. All and right. Take us through the rest now. of this painful. <laughs> so, basically, we do get a little bit of recap of how she got it and like how she stole a hack. Well, first of all, this character was was like she was marketing as somebody who hacked a ring, and that's how she became a team lancer. But no, 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 no. When we do find out about her before, we found out that she stole something that hacks the ring. So it makes her a little bit dumber than what we thought it was than she was. So that's a little bit of a letdown. Yeah, to say the least. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So as we actually 
go into Young Justice. We have a Mount Justice. Let's actually check out Mount, Mount Justice on the last issue, because why not? So let's actually go over uh, everything that's happening in Mount Justice with the team. And unfortunately, everything that they bring up, the main entrance, the dining area, everything, Bar has to go boring, boring, boring. So he makes a character that would be a fun character to know about, to check out all of, like, he's a wacky character, talks fast. It's just a goof, basically. He, he'd be a lot of fun with the right writing. Unfortunately, that's mm-hmm. not the Bendis writing that we do get. Because he just makes him an obnoxious little brat. Well, not brat, but just an obnoxious little little boy. Which is a bit of a shame, too, from what we have seen him in the past, like in the Jeff Johns run when he was Kid Flash. Mm-hmm. So what we do actually check out, we actually check out Red Tornado, who constantly is a running gag in this issue. It's calling him Red Tomato. Why? Ugh. I do don't know. It wasn't actually a good running gag. It ran its course after saying it once. But no, we got that a few times, actually. Yeah. And it kind of reminded me of actually the Young Justice TV show episode when I, I could be th- thinking of this wrong, but I'm thinking that there's an episode where they do find Red Tornado and he kind of makes a little bit of that to fight him. So, if so... Yeah, the, that was in... Oh, geez. I think it was in season one, but he was like their trainer. Maybe it was in the beginning of season two, but he was like their trainer. And um, yeah, like he had, he, he made them fight him. Okay. So he got his idea from a TV show. See, I think he I prefer- look, literally, dude, I was just thinking this, you know, like when, 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 um, when I saw Mount Justice, I said, you got to be kidding me. And then a few pages later, we see Red Tornado. Yep. And I'm like, okay, that's it. He just checked off every single box on his checklist, introduce a bunch of characters, have relationship hijinks, make things confusing so I can drag them out as much as possible. Check. Introduce as many cliches and ideas from the Young Justice animated series as possible to make people just love this because they love the Young Justice TV series. No, we love the Young Justice TV series because it's written good. Yep. That's why we like the Young Justice animated series. And that's not what we're getting at all here because... No. Hey, Anthony. Do you want to know yeah. what my brother calls Brian Michael Bendis? What? <laughs> you can get Bentis. Oh. <laughs> I mean, he's not wrong. Because, man, unfortunately, <laughs> DC is not getting Bendis at his prime. Not one bit. Nope. <sighs> Back to the issue. Because when they wake up Red Tornado, he does attack the team. So we do get a nice little fight and you would have thought by all this time of them working together maybe it'd be a little bit better but no they just get back and so we get naomi first up to bad who this would have been a great time to see what can she really do no we, we still don't know what she does we know that she flies that's all we know like she has a great costume great design but too bad we don't even know what she does that's great so 
as she gets wrecked, next up to get wrecked is Spoiler and Tim Drake. They get destroyed, which really makes the team a little bit it makes the team a little bit less than what they really are. You have eleven people versus one android. I'm yeah, sure not all of them are experts, but at least half of them are. Right. You have you have a Superboy. Okay, and but they can you know. Look, you've got you you've got Connor, Tim, Drake, um, Wonder Girl, and and yes. and Kid Flash. They can take down an android. I mean, it I don't understand makes, the whole thing here. It just doesn't make any yeah. sense to me. It's only to make so basically, we have eleven superheroes. We're on, so we're only shining light on one of them. Make the other ten seem like they're useless. And they can't do much, which uh, I just have a big issue with that as a whole. Like, oh, actually, wait, my mistake. Not all of the eleven that we saw from the cover are actually in this issue. We have Spoiler, Teen Lantern, Jen- Jenny Hex, Naomi, Impulse, Amethyst, Superboy, Robin, and Wonder Girl. So that's eight characters. So you sponged seven of them to make one of them seem good. One of them who is a rookie. Is you know, the one that you want to take down this droid? Sure, okay. So she does take him down, which is a blast of the of her like gauntlet. Okay. Now she doesn't fully take him down. Of course, John Stewart comes down, give an, an assist, which then I do agree with what he says. He does deliver like like an. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I, between this issue and the background issue we got last week, the second story in there, where all the superheroes had to call for backup for help, they can do it themselves. I hate when a writer makes another writer, makes another character, make an just to improve another, right, another character. Like, really? No, 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 no. That's just stupid. Yeah, you don't you're have like, to, you don't have to nerf somebody to, 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 that's lazy writing, you know. Yeah, look, like, oh, just to make him like seem like an asshole is like, <sighs> okay. So thankfully, John Stewart, he's not my all-time favorite because if he was, I'm like, well, screw you, Bendis, you book suck. So what we do see is because <laughs> they did meet before in Action Comics, which was only three three days ago. So in action times ten twenty seven yeah. and ten twenty two, that's three days ago. No, I, I don't want to go over the, the timeline because then I'll get mad at this issue even more because I'm pretty sure he just making making up these numbers. Like yeah, sure, three days that seems fine because there's no way that this stuff is happening in three days. Yeah, no, I'm pretty sure there's not a calendar laid out in this house anywhere. Mm-hmm. So we have the whole. So he wants the ring back because no offense so it's not very hers she stole a hack ring which he is right that the ring should not fully be hers unless it's like she should be at least be trained if that but nope the team's like no no she's good she goes like okay sure let's just cheat our way into being a superhero uh, uh, okay this is a big huge problem that i've got with this issue um centering around green lanterns in particular i've i've been a green lantern fan for a long time of a lot of 
different Green Lanterns. And um, number one, all of them, every single Green Lantern I know would tell this kid, yeah, tough mm-hmm. crap. You're, I'm taking that from you. And um, that, okay, so that's problem number one. Problem number two is out of all the Green Lanterns that I know, John Stewart is the one most likely to make her go by the rules and not, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, somebody hacked a Green Lantern ring that's never been done before in the DC universe. He's not going to take that to Oa so that they can find out how in the hell that happened to make sure that there's not a bunch of other hacked Green Lantern rings going on out there. If it is indeed a hacked Green Lantern ring or if it's just a device that mimics or steals power from the Green Lantern, I mean, they know absolutely nothing about this. It just makes zero sense that Jon Stewart wouldn't have put her in a light box and carted her off into space. Do we think they're uh, setting up a uh, Young Lantern run here with this? These are all kind of things that are going to take place. She's going to go to Oa later or something like that in her own run. If, I mean, I can't think of any other reason why she's so featured in the last issue. It does almost. <laughs> well, that's a possibility. I mean, distinct <laughs> possibility. He just does things that doesn't make sense, but um, that don't make sense. But um, another possibility is that we do get a, a, a at least a six issue run of of teen lantern which i would be open to i would love to see but i don't want bendis to write it i don't want i don't want it written in that style i want somebody that's going to take the time to develop and 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 invest in the story and the character and make it happen you know make it a good story Mm -hmm. i've never i've never once talked crap about bendis's ideas bendis has great ideas he has he comes up with awesome villains um they usually have cool ass names that he, his ideas are great. It's just the way that they're written by him that suffers because he over talks, he over dialogues and he chit chats and makes everybody seem like they're in the sixth grade and or seventh grade. And it's, it's, it's exhausting to read one of his books and it shouldn't be books featuring younger characters should appeal to younger people they yep. shouldn't they shouldn't <laughs> you're not going to do that by tricking them okay i'm I, guess what you just read a novel <laughs> i mean at the very least a novella for crying out loud i mean there's a lot of words going on in the bendis book and they're very convoluted and things don't track things don't make sense and especially with the younger crowd i mean look at the fandoms that are out there the harry potters the twilights all of that the younger crowd they pay attention to those details and they pick that stuff apart you're not going to appeal to the younger crowd with sloppy messes like this i think the characters could i think his ideas could appeal to everybody but they've got to be handed over to somebody else i'm hoping that we do get her like in like in a main series if so i want to see her doing training through none other than kilowog let's actually like Let's add on each issue training by a different lantern. Show us I don't know if we should bring Kilowog into it. You bring Kilowog into it, and she's definitely going to Oa. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, like, let's have a go to Oa. Well, they oh, should, they need to arc. know about this. Yeah, yeah. I do love a good training arc. Mm-hmm. Like the and like Oa, Atlantis, 
the Guardians, they need to know about this and all right away. Because if I don't find in the next issue, at the next year or so, if I don't see anything of them going to her about this, either a Guardian, one of the other Lanterns, or somebody, because this is a this is a big thing. She has a stolen hack ring on the Gauntlet. You know what I just remembered? What? Jenny Hex is getting her own. So maybe we know that for a fact. That's just a one shot. So at the very least, maybe we will be getting uh, something further, something additional from Teen Lantern. So, okay. (laughs) Considering that, fingers crossed, we'll get more story. Thanks for lightening the mood up, Reed. I appreciate it. Oh, I'm telling you, I just get you so You guys pissed. on a Bendis bender over here. I, I do it. I get so mad. Like I, I mean, I should keep a blood pressure cup next to me. <laughs> well, the issue also ends with Boss saying, secret team meeting. And that's it. Like, okay. Yeah, Great, secret so team gonna... meeting. And that was an opportunity for Bendis to give us one of those pages with all of his Wonder Comics characters present. If you notice that, he actually did mm-hmm. bring in everybody for it, even the little monkey. We got the whole team there, everybody that he's written. So um, that was just, that was a pat on the back for him, I think. And it's the, it's the, it is the best looking page on in the entire book. You know, I just, I feel like that was definitely, um, definitely a, a, a self-congratulatory little deal there. Look at I mean, all these I, people that I've been writing, but you're not listening. <laughs> you're writing them. That's true. You're not doing it well. <laughs> like, I gotta, give, I gotta give this issue a five out of 10. You know, the art is great. It's just everything else just weakens it so much from the dialogue, from the story itself, from what we're seeing from the characters. Like, man, this book had no dialogue, just had the art and the pages, panels. I could honestly give this a 7.5 out of 10. I could 10, wait, maybe I'm just gonna just pretend, just gonna guess, like, just words on what they're saying because they'll be a lot better than for what I'm reading yeah I so I enjoyed the art throughout the entire thing of course I usually do um it it always looks good uh I would I would enjoy the artist that does this to do a teen lantern book because he draws her awesome um, that opening double splash page or the credits page, she looks just cool, dude. I mean, it's done so well. Um, it really pushes the, her hair looks sweet. The torn mask and the eye behind it is cool. The, the glove with the green lantern energy coming out of the middle, like Iron Man style looks cool as hell. Um, I absolutely love it. Um, as a story, it was okay. I didn't like the way that any of the characters were written with the exception of Teen Lantern. Um, so that drags it down for me. It's, I, I really liked to see Teen Lantern shine because I was intrigued by the character. I 
since her introduction, I wanted to see more. I just never got it. We finally do, and it's at the very end, which means I potentially I'm not going to get any more. That bothers me. So um, that should pull it up, but unfortunately, it's weighing it way down. So art aside, um, that gets it a five. The story, I'm, I'll give it a 5.5, man. But that i mean that's as high as i can go and it the the book itself it should it should rate better it's just we're at the end of a run and it's been nothing but disappointing and ended on a disappointing note that just bums me out especially with characters that i love so much Mm. it does it feels more of like an intro than the end of a series that's for Mm. sure very much Um, so that being said, like the you're right, the art is I I like the style. It's stylized, but it's also um, very nice and uh, is realistic as well. It's not overly done. It's not heightened, but it does have some some style on it. Um, but that for me, that's the that's what's really heightening the book for me. Um, I'll give it a six and a half out of ten for. That's um, I'd mighty like to high. See more uh, team right. lantern. Um, he would have rated and... it higher if Ramita drew it with you. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, she's got a big gauntlet, so that would work. He could, he, I could see him doing like, her gauntlet pretty cool and really like chonky because he likes that. He likes to draw it real nice and chonky. Like, but if that he was need, the case, he needs then... to put the big blocks so he can fit as many lines in them as possible. <laughs> I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what really put this one over the edge for me is that Red Tornado. He got them lips. He got, he them, got them lips, lips guys. <laughs> right? that's, the six, thing. That's, that, that's that little bump. One half, that four, six and a half. Is, as long as they're, you can't see the lips. <laughs> There you go. All right. All right. Man. So that is it for Young Justice in more ways than one. Now we go <laughs> ahead and we move on over to the main event, which is Tales from the Dark Multiverse, Batman Hush. Priced at $5.99. It was written by Philip Kennedy Johnson with art by Dexter Soy, Sergio Fernandez Davila, Matt Santarelli. Ivan Placencia, with letters done by ALW's Troy Petiri and the cover by David Marquez and Alejandro Sanchez. What a book, man. Um, Tales from the Dark Multiverse, Batman Hush, is yet another look at an alternate universe in which the Dark Multiverse has twisted um, the way an important story in the DC universe has played out. Up-and-coming writer Philip Kennedy Johnson shows off some true talent here, and I really mean that. Building a whole alternate Gotham mythos, changing the roles of nearly every major Bat family member. Um, It's some seriously superb writing, and it is, of course, aided by the amazing art of Dexter Soy, who is fantastic. Uh, You can't go wrong with him. Um, Whenever he leaves, say again. Oh, sorry. I he he's really bringing it, man. Each of these pages is great. Everyone is a little feast for my eyeballs. Absolutely, and it's whenever he leaves a series, man. Um, I and somebody else takes over. I always feel like I'm missing something from the book. He's just he's he he's he's gorgeous, and um, I really like the way this uh this Philip Kennedy Johnson is writing too. It was done real well. 
Um, so this oversized issue begins with Tempest Fugonaut introducing us to the world where on the fateful night the Waynes were murdered in Crime Alley, they were not alone. The Elliots were with them as well, and it is they, not Alfred, that takes young Bruce in. Also, Jason Todd has become a defense contractor and is dating Dinah Drake. And um, I can't believe I never noticed this before, but I wonder if Dinah Drake is related to Tim. No. Uh, yeah, because of that, I, I, I look it up like, I think when I first time getting into like comics and all, I was like, wait, are those two characters related? Oh, you so you did look that up then? Yeah. Well, that mystery didn't stick around for very long. <laughs> so, yeah, so basically asked everybody... Answered. Yeah, asked and answered, right. Uh, Oswald Cobblepot is a celebrated philanthropist, and Harvey Dent has never been turned into Two-Face. In fact, he's taken over, he's replaced Bruce as Gotham's eligible bachelor. Um, Gotham City is an independent city-state, just like Rome in Italy. And uh, it is self-governed, uh, self-governed under President Lincoln March, which I thought was pretty interesting, but made total sense. Mm. Um, sitting as a senator and CEO of Wayne Enterprises is Thomas Elliott. He is accompanied by none other than Talia Al Ghul, leader of the League of Assassins, who uh, got that role because she killed her dear old dad. Um, and old Bruce. Um, well, Bruce has been locked away in Arkham Asylum for years. Now, uh, Thomas is called away, and we're not, that's never really explained that, that he's been locked away. It's just something that we're told. Um, well, I guess there's, there's one little panel where young Bruce has a really spooky look in his eye, and then that's he, it. Yeah, obviously, lock, lock that dude up. Yep, yep. <laughs> Put him like, behind oh, bars. Shit. You know, it, they went out and they saw another movie right before that night, and that was The Omen, and they were like, nope, nope, nope. <laughs> that kid looks like Damien, which is kind so of metaphorical, they say isn't it? Was, oh. yeah, they, say, they say he was in a vegetative state, right? So, right. But also, later we find out he's been doing, like, secret trainings. So was my dude just laying real still for, like, 20 years? Taking it. Yeah. Well, it it does get into that later. It it kind of explains it in a little bit, kind kind of a roundabout way. Um, so uh, Thomas Elliot is called away from this gala that they that they are all attending. Um, by the doctor in charge of Arkham Asylum, and that is Doctor Jonathan Crane, who we normally know as the Scarecrow. The purpose of the visit is to notify the remaining next of kin, which of course is only Thomas Elliot, uh, for identification as Bruce Wayne has passed away. We're shown him in the morgue with autopsy scars and all. Um, you're pretty convinced at this point that we're going to get an undead Batman coming back. That's not what happens, but I mean, at this point, I was like, "But wait a minute," <laughs> because Lazarus that's definitely Pitt, Bruce yada, yada, Wayne. Yada. Yeah. So, um, uh, it's revealed through conversation between Thomas and Doctor Crane that Crane was allowed to use Bruce as a test subject for his fear formulas, and that he's not the only one that Crane did that to. 
Now, as Crane leaves, he points out to Thomas that Bruce is holding a movie ticket to the Mark of Zorro. Um, Thomas uh, takes note of that. And as Crane is leaving the building, he's attacked by Batman the Silenced, who is referred to in the book as the Arkham Devil and in the title as Hush. Later, Thomas is leaving in his helicopter and sees him perched on a gargoyle right before it's shot down. We're then introduced to Barbara Gordon and the Outsiders. Some of them are identifiable. Um, I, I could, you can pick out Cassandra. You can pick out Tim Drake. Um, there were other people there that I couldn't figure out for the life of me who they were. Do you guys have any clue at all who they might be? They, Maybe Batwing. You, you've got that. It it looks like Cassandra and Tim there, and then in the back you've got a War Machine Iron Man. <laughs> but that's not right. I mean, who is that dude? And then next to him you've got some guy with dark eyes and a beard and a really really receding hairline. <laughs> I can't figure out who these other people are, and I really, really want to know. But um, <laughs> in any case, uh, they don't really play a major part in this story at all, but it, it's just one of those details that I'm like, grr. Um, uh, Richard, who is known as the Gray Sun and is personal security of President March, is there to protect Thomas Elliot in the midst of the uh, helicopter crash there. And he's well-known, like, celebrity status. He's wearing Court of Owls gear, and he has... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he has the authority to order around Gotham's militarized police. So um, uh, there's a... Inside the Court of Owls, there's the Gray Sons, and he is the Gray Son. Like, he's the leader of all of them. So he's on top of the Court of Owls. Um, now, though though, uh, though Gray Son assumes Barbara is responsible for shooting down the helicopter, dialogue tells us that that is not the case. Um, the next suspect is Jason Todd, and they head over there to investigate. It doesn't go very well, and Todd and Elliot find themselves at odds for a moment. That is only for a moment, however, as the Arkham Devil shows up, requiring Jason, Todd, and the Grey Sun to team up against him. The fight ends off-panel, which is a little disappointing, and everyone ends up separate again. Thomas goes to the run-down Wayne Manor to look into the another clue left for him. He finds the Grey Sun there instead, and Richard wants some answers. The two begin to go at it, and the floor gives out underneath them. Whoops, <laughs> maybe you shouldn't fight in a rundown mansion. Uh, they fall to the room below. It's like they've never seen a movie before. A cavern, <laughs> a cavern inhabited by Alfred and some other people that are locked in cages suspended above the floor down there. Uh, we can sort of make out who some of them are. We can see Cobblepot, Dr. Crane, and Jason Todd, and there's some others. Uh, details not good enough to really figure out who they are, but. Out in no out of nowhere, uh, Bruce swoops in to reveal his identity to Thomas and explain how he was able to fake his death and become the accomplished devil that he is. And that's where I was talking about uh, to you there, um, Reed. He 
goes through all the different people that taught him how to fake a psychosis that was getting worse, um, taught him about poisons and uh, fighting styles and much more. So um, I'm assuming what he was doing, I'm assuming what he was doing was, uh, you know, pretending to be comatose. Right. And, and, and then when not being watched, he was over there learning all this sneaking around. Oh yeah, doing his Batman thing. That seems like such a Bruce thing. He's like, all right, you know what? I'm just gonna pretend to be comatose for like ten years. It's fine. I'm fine. I'll just lay really still. It's totally fine. Yeah, it kind of does seem like a Bruce thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, uh, um, he's explaining, you know, how how he learned how to do all that. I thought it was interesting and I kind of recognized it at first, but I wasn't sure if that's who it was or not. But Jack Napier even helped him escape. Uh, Mm -hmm. Bruce actually had him there inside Arkham Asylum as a plant to help him because he had it planned from the get go. He was going to uh, the Alfred had uh, had Jack Napier hired into Arkham Asylum to help Bruce do all of this stuff. Uh, including cut autopsy scars into him so that it looked like he was like dead done and processed, you know? Uh, um, And of course he had Alfred helping him the whole way. Uh, The issue comes to an end with Talia slinking up to the president, to president Lincoln as Thomas has gone missing. Of course, that's because uh, the Batman, the silence has got him. Jason Todd and many other in Gotham Gotham have already gone the way of the dodo as well. (laughs) And um, we see that the uh, Arkham devil is poised on a gargoyle, stepping on one of the court of owls, assassins holding another in his hand. And I was trying to figure out if one of those was Richard or not. Do you guys think think that might one of one of those is Dick? Cause I just, I'm, I'm looking, I'm zooming in. I'm, I've got this on digital here and I can't tell. What do you guys think? The more I look at it. No, I don't think so. Cause the, the face looks a little more like as like wrinkles. I'm, yeah. I'm zooming in a little bit. Yeah. I can see some wrinkles but like by the nose and the top of the head. Unless if the artist drew a little bit extra wrinkles on Dick now, I don't think so. Uh, he's got the upswept mask that we saw him in, but that doesn't mean that that's not what all of the gray sons wear, you know. So, mm-hmm. well, if you see, there's another. Um, he he's also standing on what appears to be another gray son with his other foot because there's like a stray arm there. Yeah. Oh yeah. But I mean, he did get he did get like one of his little ribbons around uh, his throat when, when in their previous conversation. We never see how that shakes out. Yeah, that, no, that's true. Um, right after he pulls him through the floor or whatever. Right. So I don't know. It it doesn't look like it's ended well for very many people that Batman: The Silence had a doubt for. Um, the whole premise of this issue I thought was awesome. It was wonderful. The talent worked together to pull it off rather successfully. Um, I enjoyed it page front page to back. Um, by the time I had read the entire oversized issue, I felt like I had just read a setup story for a new black label arc. Was I alone in that? 
did it not feel like this was like issue number one of a mini series or something um Mm. i think that this was done masterfully man and it ultimately left me wanting more knowing that it's a one shot that part does bother me a bit but i can't complain because i knew it was a one shot that said i can't allow it to drag that score down too far um these are this this was a fantastic fantastic issue and it's only supposed to be a peek into the dark multiverse not fully fleshed out story so i'm gonna stop being a dip and uh <laughs> the next dark multiverse issue that we get is going to be a dark multiverse spin on flashpoint and this Ooh. issue yeah i know i'm looking to that but uh this issue i gave an eight out of ten for me i got a good a 7 out of 10, it wasn't like the best, but it wasn't the worst. It definitely kept me intrigued. I wanted to read more. Um, but, I don't know, something, something about it just didn't like jive by it. It could be like just maybe a little bit of like the dialogue per, per se. It was one that I would only recommend to some people not to uh others the art was great though um always do love whenever we have like an elseworld slash a different universe type with other worlds to see how much they can change just to see how we have dick as talon or as son that's my favorite part in this issue let alone one that um yeah, I gotta give, give this a 7 out of 10. I felt like the whole, it's a good story, but the whole swap, like the change up in the hush to this one, it didn't very wow me with the whole reveal, like, and how it was done. Like, I liked it, but, like, I felt you could do a lot more with, like, the hush comic than what we got here. Yeah, again, I mean, I, that's 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 what I kept on feeling like was I felt like I I should get more, and then I had to remind myself that it is just a one shot, and it it I mean it is an oversized one at, at, at that. Oh yeah, you know. So, I mean, I guess that's just a sign that it is a really good story, and it was done really well. So I hope that we get to see more from um, Mr. Uh, Philip Kennedy Johnson. Yeah, I actually uh, was like... not. I was not aware that this was a one shot when I went oh, into yeah. reading it. Um, but uh, that being said, I I kind of was skeptical when I first started. I'm like, okay, here we go. We're rebooting Batman. Here we go. Okay, all right, all right, here we go. But that being said, I uh, th- this took me in. Um, I think it being uh, it was um really well paced for an oversized issue sometimes they kind of drag but that we were getting mm-hmm. so much plot it was it was we're churning through it it was just a joy to look at um see seeing uh, an, i my skepticism of this being another batman twist went away almost immediately um and now knowing that this is a one shot makes me like this issue even more because we didn't spend too much time with any particular aspect we we went like they said the pacing was really well um and the um art was really exciting going through and like like you said seeing like um philanthropist uh cobble pot 
right. and Harvey Dent, the playboy. It was just enough of all of the tropes in just the right time um, that it felt ni- very nice and kinetic. Um, I- I'd, I'll give this a, a a seven and a half out of ten. Um, I think it, it was a great experience. I think if you like, uh, um, just for the for the look of Batman Hush alone, it's probably worth picking up this book. Uh, yeah, he looks pretty pretty cool. I'll I'll definitely give some about Batman in black and red. Always makes him look cooler, and it yeah. always ends up being a big fan favorite. Batman Beyond, this Batman, the Silenced Hush, um, uh, 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 Flashpoint Batman. Cloak. He's got yep. that tattered brown cloak that's just really enticing. I, I it's good, it's cool. And he, come on, who doesn't love somebody wrapped up in bandages? Wow. Yeah, you can't. Get I mean, it. that's, that's just great. Yeah, I mean, and the, I mean, I don't. It almost looks like it's. No, it is. It's just a repurposed, messed up trench coat that he stapled some, that riveted some shoulder pads to. Look, because there's buckles on it and everything, and it's just been shredded. (laughs) See, yeah, that looks cool. I dig it. I dig it. Well, I guess that is everything. So now it is time to pick the top three books of the week and your favorite panel slash moment. We're going to start things off with Anthony this week, uh, if you're ready. So, oh, yeah. My top three books this week are, we have Batman 102, followed by Deceased Dead Planet number five. And then book of the week is Hellblazer Rise and Fall number two. Yeah, I think about that because I was really debating between that and Batman. I was going to switch them. Um, but definitely page or slash panel of the week would be from Just League. We see that just that page of Mindhunter versus Hawkgirl. It would just look beautifully done. You could just get the like the almost the like Jubus Creepers vibe from him. Right. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Especially when he spreads out his wings. I, he's definitely somebody that I cannot wait to see more of. Hopefully we see more in his action scenes, more of him just spreading like his wings, like his whole body out, showing that, don't f*** with me, I'll f*** you up. <laughs> right? Get weird with his morphing powers. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I guess I'll go next. Um, all right, so number three for me uh, was the Cease Dead Planet. Um, I thought that was cool. I liked uh, the bit that Dr. Fate couldn't look in there, and everybody was like, "What?" what? He, he kept asking, what, what's in there? And they just kept saying, uh, infinite, uh, a trench coat, coat rack. <laughs> um, so John tells him a lie on the way in, and Swamp Thing tells him a lie on the way out. So that's not number three. Number two, uh, Hellblazer Rise and Fall. Uh, and number one for me was um, surprisingly Sweet Tooth the Return. Uh, I slept on this one when it first went through. I had a bunch of other books on my plate, and I I was like, okay, this looks weird. I don't have time for this. Um, and then I read through this one, and I I I'm infatuated. Um, that's also my panel of the of the week. There is um, a shot where he first comes out of his little hovel, and you see the forest and its expanse and all of the, like 
like fluorescent light panels above them mm. in this like underground cavern. It was just like I was like, okay, I need to know more ever. about this world. What is this? How did it get here? Like, tell me more. Hell yeah. All right. Well, man, I'm telling you, I had a real, real tough time trying to narrow down my top three, and I'm still sitting here juggling my my choices here. Um, ultimately, uh, I mean, ah, see, man, it's really hard. <laughs> it is so hard. I've got four that I just I loved every piece of. <laughs> Um, and, uh, I have, I have, I have a tie for my favorite panel too. So that's, that, that's hard. Um, (laughs) but, uh, okay. So I've got to do it. Um, at number, my, my, my favorite book of the week is going to be sweet tooth, the return that's got number one, um, for the same reasons that Reed said, there's just something about it that I opened this book. I started reading it, man. And it just sucked me in. And it, uh, the, that's what I'm looking for out of a story is one that I can't put down. So way to go there, Lemire. Um, you got me hooked and I can't wait to see what else comes out. So that's number one. Number two, <sighs> number two is, it has to be Batman one Oh two. And that was real tough to put into second place. I wanted to put that into first place, but sweet tooth was just that story that hit home, man. It was just, it was that good. Um, Batman one Oh two is absolutely spectacular. So it is in second place, but a very close second. And then in third place, I've got like 800 books. Um, <laughs> I have to pick, I have to narrow it down to one and I want, I have to choose between DC's dead planet five, Hellblazer rise and fall two and tales from the dark multiverse. Um, Hmm. I think that they were all really good. According to the scores I gave, I have to do deceased or tales. And you know, I, okay. Deceased was fantastic, but uh, there were, there were a couple issues. I, I didn't really have anything bad to say much about tales from the dark multiverse other than one fight that finished off panel that was one thing that was huge for me that chunked off two points um so it was um something something that major you can't just finish i mean you break out everybody fighting the big bad guy and then and then you don't get to see what happens i mean that that bothered the hell out of me but um deceased had its flaws too i'm gonna have to give third place to tales from the dark multiverse and then my favorite panel slash moment and that is a dead tie guys um i don't know which one i like better i have a a, the, a tie between the fight scene between um batman and Ghostmaker, and um batman's like launching at him out of the air and ghost maker is like falling back and his head's just turned the swords, everything about that shot is awesome. And then the tie for that panel, um, I'm, you know what? I'm going to have to give it to, uh, I'm going to have to give the, I'm going to have to give my favorite panel to rise and fall number two, man. Um, the, 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 the panel where Billy is looking back at the very end, the very last splash page. And he's like, do you want to play a game? I mean, that was like, so yeah, I mean that, that was, it was simple art. It is Derek Robertson art, but was it effective? You know, effective. Yeah, exactly. That is it, guys. Um, 
that's the show, everybody. As always, thanks for listening. And remember, you can feel free to reach out and contact us at any time. We love talking about this stuff with people. Visit campsite.bio forward slash not a robot to find us on your favorite podcast platform and patreon.com forward slash not a robot podcast for early and additional content. So um, until next time. Be good to each other. And don't be a robot. Domo arigato, Mr. Robot Phone. Domo, Domo, Domo arigato, Mr. Robot Phone. Domo, Domo, Domo arigato, Mr. Robot Phone. Domo arigato, Mr. Robot.